Hiya! This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons, specifically Nat. Uh, Nat, thank you for sponsoring the episode. Uh, But also, Catastrophe Dude, Jeff Miller, Adam Lucy, David Van Mill, and Not From Brighton. Wonder where they're from. That username raises more questions than it answers. Uh, Thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, If you would like to support us, hear bonus episodes, hear full-length episodes, uh, premium episodes each month, and support your boys, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Also, a little reminder, if you have a project uh, you'd like us to highlight and you are a not a, a cis, white, straight dude like we are, please send me an email at gary at duckfeed.tv. Thank you. <laughs> Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are continuing our discussion of Final Fantasy XII. The JRPG by Square came out in 2006 and was executive produced by Nat uh, here you, in Nat. 2022. Thank you very much, Nat. We appreciate you, Nat. Hmm. Uh, what did we do last time? Cole. Uh, previously, we did the beginning of the game. Uh, we spent two hours talking about the generalities and then began the game. Uh, we have most of our party put together, uh, except uh, Pinello been done taken. And we have to chase her to Bajerba first, the flying continent, only to discover that she's on the Dreadnought Leviathan in the hands of the Empire. So got to go fix that. Yeah, uh, we will take the reins of fate and put it in the <laughs> hands of man. Uh Note about speed yes. on this episode. Uh, we're going to cruise. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't want to give anything short shrift, but this is a game where the generalities, like rightfully, I feel like took a lot mm-hmm. yeah. of it. Uh, it's also a thing where like a lot of the story content in this game, there's like a point, And th- this is a very common thing in Final Fantasies where like mm-hmm. you start getting teleported to realms and your yeah. characters stop talking to each other. And like it, it just becomes not really about character anymore. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot to talk about. It's just alien gods, you know. Yeah, it, it just becomes. Yeah. It regresses to the mean. Yeah. Um. So like we're gonna definitely stop on the the important parts, but we have a lot to get through. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to record for five hours. No, uh, I don't want this. I think that'll make a poorly paced episode. I think it. I, I think it will. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, be prepared for us to move a little bit sprightly through this. You know, we definitely made note of the mechanical mechanical highlights of uh, of different places uh, yes. that we go. Things like that. We give short shrift to your favorite uh, battle or your favorite uh, interaction, especially if it's an optional interaction, mm-hmm. and we miss it, don't feel put out. Yeah. It's not personal. Yep. Uh, it's not you. 
It's Mount Suno. <laughs> uh, it's not even really Mount Suno. Yeah. Uh, so we left off on the Dreadnought Leviathan. Uh, the party has been uh, kind of purposely captured here. Uh, it's marched to the bridge uh, to see Geese. Yes. And he's already uh, talking to Amalia. If you recall, Amalia is the incognito princess mm-hmm. we met uh, last episode. And this is where Bosch reveals that Amalia is Princess Ash, saying, hey, we're here to deliver the proof of your of your birthright so you can take the throne again. Here's uh, here's here, here's the Dusk Shard. You know, Vaughn's like, do I have the Dusk Shard? <laughs> because Vaughn, Vaughn is essentially a bag during this story. <laughs> like, he fulfills the function of a backpack uh, for most of this in terms of the plot. Uh-huh. Uh, and Geese is like, yeah, I'll take it you know, go to the dungeons. Uh, you know, a lot of standard villain, like I'll spare you. If you give it to me now, it'll be easier for you. Mm-hmm. You know, betrayal shit. Uh, he sends you to the dungeons, but we're rescued by Vossler. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, uh, this starts the yeah. dungeon. We're trying to, uh, you know, find and rescue uh, Ash from where she's being held. The trick to this or the gimmick is that there are laser gates that are up uh, periodically. And if you trip them, then guards will uh, spawn in to fight you. Uh, these Imperial uh, swordsmen and Imperial mages, once they team up ends up being a little bit of a challenge. Uh, if you have not developed your gambits just yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, to me, it is a mild disappointment as a dungeon gimmick. Like it's a cool idea, mm-hmm. but you can't avoid laser gates. It's not like you can completely avoid them. Yeah. There are ones just on the critical path and the layout makes no sense. It's just hallways. Mm -hmm. So like this hallway is blocked by a laser gate. This one isn't, but then next time you have to go through a laser gate. Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot of clever maze design in this. It's a place where you can, uh, if you want the game to auto grind, you can AFK Mm -hmm. this game in traditional MMO fashion. Uh, this is one of the places because it will spawn unlimited dudes yes. for you if you park yourself by a gate. Mm-hmm. Um, we get through, you reach Ash. She joins the party officially. And then we reach uh, Larsa and Pinello uh, here eventually as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they start talking about like, hey, what's up? Because Larsa kind of seems to be, to be surprised by this, you know, saying, oh, that you and Captain Ronsenberg were made to appear dead. You know, it was like a hidden thread laid bare. We have to figure out why Vane wanted one of them alive, but wanted that to be a secret. Yeah. Because yeah, if you recall, he had the Marquis uh, <laughs> announce the deaths. Yes. Um, so we, uh, you know, you leave. Larsa gives Pinello a piece of manufactured nephocyte. <laughs> uh, a, uh, I, the, the pronunciation stuff in this game, I hate Marquis. I uh-huh. love manufactured. I like manufactured quite a bit. Manufactured, manufactured versus day affected. Yeah, it, it just uh, it sounds like a Connecticut. <laughs> it just got the it got it just sounds nice to me. Whereas mm-hmm. Marquis is poison. It's it's yes. basically pouring poison in my ear like Shakespeare. Manufactured <laughs> is beautiful. Yes, uh, but I love also like here's a weird rock. <laughs> Uh, to commemorate our time together and 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 this this becomes hilarious once larsa realizes what what magicite or what not the site is there's a lot of the this story that's just about people holding on to rocks for reasons they don't understand <laughs> like the, the plot needs them to have this like everyone's a backpack it is mm-hmm. a story of six backpacks traveling across a continent and like it all that really matters is who's holding which rock And they don't know why. And the person who gave it to him doesn't know why (laughs) it's just putting the rocks in the right place. Yeah. That that can apply to go, you know, (laughs) that can apply to a lot of final fantasy. And these are just standing in for the crystals, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's final fantasy's 
you know, trick slash curse. Mm-hmm. It's just about some magic rocks. <laughs> um, do they mean anything? Not really. They're uh, just magic rocks. There's other stuff happening that means stuff, but these yeah. are just rocks. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you have the rock, you reach the, the bridge and judge geese, uh, says the ashes status is no longer a concern now that they have the dusk shard. He does yeah. not give a shit who she is. Uh, they, they'll just get an imposter yeah. uh, for this. Um, and we fight judge geese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is still pretty basic. The fights are going to get more complicated, but right now it is literally just like, okay, he's using strong magic. He can target your entire party. You just have to make sure that you're healing up. Like this is just testing your healing gambits right now. Well, and ads. So yes. like you're testing, your targeting gambits as well. So your characters don't, so they spend the proper amount of time clearing the ads mm-hmm. before they fight geese. You know, uh, for example, like I had my Vaughn as steel a hundred percent and then, uh, my Bosch as attack party leaders target. Mm -hmm. So like while he was stealing Bosch, like he was flitting from person to person, Bosch wasn't focusing fire, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was just, you know, to me, I have to take more direct control over this boss fight Yeah, yeah. uh, here, but still, still nothing, nothing too tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can solve that by using a uh, um, target enemy with the highest max HP. Usually that will uh, get somebody to prioritize the main and not uh, scatter around after the ads. But if he does that, then he uh, Vaughn won't steal from the person because he'll Vaughn will steal from whoever's closest to him. Hmm. And then Bosch will hit that person and he no longer has max HP. So Vaughn won't steal from him. And I want Vaughn to steal from the boss characters because maybe they'll have something good. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. I, I I still think my my solution would fix that. I'm just mixing up who's targeting who um, in this. Yeah, got you, got yeah. you, got you. Um, if I have uh, what is it, Vaughn steal from person with highest max HP? There's no like. Oh no, stop I'm, I'm stealing. I'm oh oh uh, uh, no. If you just do steal any, he'll he'll uh, he'll steal uh, as long as there is something to steal, and then I'll move down move down that to attack. If you okay, I yeah. I kept having there's nothing to steal messages keep popping up. Oh yeah, uh, I don't I, I I'm not in. I don't know if there was something I missed mm-hmm. when I had steal at a certain thing. He would just continually steal. He never oh, realized yeah. somebody was empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's a that, that's a trick that the system doesn't tell you. So like if you if you so target any is not actually just a uh, is not just a blind kind of thing. Uh, so to use an example for something else, say target ally any with a uh, with a remedy. That doesn't mean they're just going to keep using remedies as long as you have remedies. That means whenever anybody has any kind of status effect, they will use a remedy on them. Oh, that's frustrating. Uh, I did, I did not know that. That's irritating. Yeah messaging mm. because that's not yeah. what that word means mm-hmm. uh any does not mean that yep so yeah that's irritating um i wish that was communicated better mm-hmm. same uh personally um after you take down geese uh vossler leads you to an atomos fighter this is extremely star wars like a little you it's know fighter X-wing. jet yeah. thing yes a little x-wing thing uh to return to bajerba yes um and you get there and the marquis uh welcomes you and explains, you know, uh, that his announcement of Ash's death was made on Vane's orders. You yes. know, this uh, in order to drive a wedge between Bajerba and Rabanastra. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to say, like, hey, this Marquis, uh, mm-hmm. he is, you know, a puppet of the of the Empire. You know, resistance do not trust him. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And he advises caution, saying, hey, uh, we could succeed with our immediate plans to deal with Vane, but Ash, you just kind of handed over the the one proof that you had that you're you. 
mm. you know, the the Grand Kiltius, kind of the 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 the, the Pope over there at Mount Omises, uh, wouldn't recognize you. So that would just create a power vacuum. Yes, yeah. It's a it's a weird the uh, the story about her having to have a, a rock to prove that she's who she is mm-hmm. is a little bit weird with the time scale. Yeah. Like it, it hasn't been very long since the, the initial incident. Like it feels like there'd still be people who just knew her mm-hmm. who could vouch for her. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in her capacity as princess, she never met uh, the Pope, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she, she ruled from one of those plastic magneto cells. It, it must have, you know, <laughs> and then the idea that anybody has the stone, it's just, a transferable ID without a picture on it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're a lady with light hair and you have the stone, you're, you may as well be ashed everyone. Yeah. Like there's, I feel like there's a way to do this. We'd have a double and you have to prove your lineage mm-hmm. thing, but it doesn't work with the time scale yeah. involved. It's okay. Like it's not, it's not a huge thing, but it's just kind of a weird thing to hinge the plot on. To yeah. Me. I think they're just, they're just ha- like hanging, hanging this part of it on um, genre tropes historical fiction and uh fantasy fiction kind of things yeah you know, there have been imposter rulers and stuff it, it's a it's a huge game of thrones touch yeah. you know it, it just it doesn't end up uh but usually there's a either greater distances or greater time involved mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, uh so ash figures hey i don't want to make anybody else complicit in this so i'm going to go try and steal the straw uh steal uh, uh ship to get this uh proof of her birthright uh this other proof uh the dawn shard but then Balthier stops her saying, hey, we should go together, you know, but for a price, I'll just frame it as a kidnapping. That way you won't get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And he's real slick during this. Like, what does it, you know, what does it fetch? A princess fetch, you know, in terms of ransom and stuff. He's being, mm-hmm. being cool. Uh, back at uh, Arcades, Gabranth uh, reports to Emperor Vane, uh, or reports to the Emperor, and Vane and Sid are working together to undermine the Emperor's goals, letting them yeah. know the Empire's goals. Yeah. Uh, the emperor, this is when we meet him. He's very ill. Uh, you mm-hmm. can tell cause he coughs and, uh, there is politicking over who will succeed him. Yeah. The Senate who also comes out of nowhere, uh, here, these evil mustache twirling Senate guys, uh, <laughs> they want Larsa, uh, in because they think they can control him. They do yes. not know exactly how precocious this boy is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the emperor says, Hey, Gabranth, you need to keep your eye on Vane. Um, you know, because he fears that Vane is going to come after Larsa. Uh, and, you know, saying like, oh, you know about this, you, you know about this whole brother killing brother thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but you're loyal to the empire itself. You're loyal to its people, not necessarily to any individual person. So, like, you just need to stop Vane from doing anything to Larsa and stop him from acting against his own interests. You know, starting yeah. this, starting either this uh, fraternal war or this greater war against he, uh, you know, anybody else. He specifically says, like, protect Larsa. Yeah, you know, like they're both kind of dancing around whether they think Vane is capable mm-hmm. of uh, of killing his his little baby brother. Um, so we uh, we park the straw over in the desert, uh, and it can cloak. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, revealed, um, we cannot continue because of something called the the yagged yagged yag yagged. Uh, yeah. This is like a mountain. Uh, is what I picked up. What, what is um, the yagged? Uh, the yagged is uh, it's a presence of thick mist that makes the sky stones in the air in the airships not work. Got you. Got yes. you. Got you. Uh, so we cannot get through. Some ships can do it. Some ships can't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the dawn shard is in the tomb of Wraithwall across these sand seas. Uh, so we have to go. Uh, the sand seas are crosswalled by these huge oil rigs. These are constructed a long time ago by the Rosarians. Uh, nobody likes the Rosarians. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, the Rosarians are. Who are the little? Uh, I'm thinking of the uh, Urton 
Uruton Yensa. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Uruton Yensa, which uh, which come riding up on their little sand manta ray kind of kind of guys. And yeah. they're again, they're what are those things? Those uh, yeah, sand they're, creature they're, things? They're, from Star Wars? Uh, yeah, either the Tusken Raiders or Jawas. They they're kind of a mix between them. Yeah, just very Star Wars. I really doubt that this is not inspired by Star Wars. <laughs> Do not believe for a second. Yeah, like they're Tusken Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but this is kind of our first really big area. Like, you know, you're going through multiple screens across these big circular tower kind of deals, fighting things on these oil platforms. You know, there mm-hmm. are a couple of stops uh, here, you know, as, you know, Bosch talks about like, oh, it's the small craft's fate, you know, to watch the galleons and pray for light winds, you know, just saying like, yeah, just this whole area has been fought over. It's it's traded hands a lot over the past uh, over the past time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Vossler catches up to us here. Uh, you know, he he believes, you know, he believes in the mission. And he's like, we, you know, I have to get quick. You know, we have to be quick before word of this kidnapping gets out. Like, I believe you that you're faking this kidnapping and you're actually on the princess's side. Yeah. We have to be quick. Uh, this gives us a companion NPC, which is useful for this dungeon. Um, yeah. This this dungeon is one of the first ones where when you walk off onto a diverticula, uh, you mm-hmm. might get ambushed by an elemental. Yeah. Uh, which again, not a big deal in the Zodiac age version, but pretty big pain in the original version. Yeah. It's a big, uh, uh run to zone kind of, kind of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Fran senses, you know, they're in danger because of the Uratan Yensa, uh, these little Tuscan Raider guys, yeah. uh, who will show up. Um, these guys will haste themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed like the big mechanical innovation. Yeah. For them. yeah. They have numbers and they hit very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a secondary area here. Um, a lot of these big overland areas end up being, uh, very little except, uh, you know, things to fight through, uh, kind of getting the equivalent of this game's random encounters and then providing stages for, uh, for hunts later on. Yes. Yeah. So you can go backwards, like big, big stretches of hallway. Yeah. Uh, that you'll go through. There's a little, uh, little pit stop we make with a little subplot, mm-hmm. um, where there is one good Uratan Yensa. Uh, who uh, he wants help dealing with this huge turtle called the Uraton Eater. I wonder what he does. <laughs> um, and then when you go kill the gigantic turtle, uh, you come back and uh, this is played for a lot of pathos and I don't get it really about is. these goblins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it's just like, no, don't execute him. And they're, they're like, you know, we're as old as the sand. Our rules matter. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck this little goblin. I got to go to Wraithful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is it is the way of the sands that we must yeah. that we must execute any you talk with outsiders yeah, blah, fuck blah, these blah. kids man i i hate these goblins <laughs> get out of here um but yeah oh, we get on it we we get out of there <laughs> and we get right to the tomb of wraithball which is in this kind of big foreboding box canyon uh kind yes. of deal this uh this valley of the dead um we're attacked by garuda this uh this flying boss this is the first major flying uh enemy you know boss mm-hmm. that we've dealt with uh and there's not just that you know the fact that you need to equip special weapons use magic uh but it can inflict uh sleep uh which yes. is a big problem Yep. Big, big pain for me and my build because I didn't have uh, ranged characters in my main party. I yeah. had not been leveling up my uh, my backup characters who had ranged stuff. Vossler has a special skill that can get around that. Telekinesis. Uh, telekinesis, but, Kyle. Yeah, you yeah. don't find that for your mains for a while. Yeah, that's a uh, high level kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I turned my party into a Vossler support engine because mm-hmm. uh, I was being stubborn about not wanting to switch to characters I hadn't been spending time leveling up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. uh, 
when you eventually do beat the Garuda, you get inside uh, and we're introduced to a Final Fantasy staple, a demon wall. Yeah. This first one you can fight. If you fight him, you get a equipment that pieces, like jumps up the level curve. Mm-hmm. Um, he's real hard. You have to do some grinding yeah. to beat him here. The intended thing is you run from him. Uh, and then when you get to the end, you fight a second demon wall. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to the fight uh, here. Other than the fact that the first one's real hard and the second one's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second one's made easier, not only because it has less overall HP, uh, but also it moves more slowly in general and you can slow it down uh, periodically on the bridge that you're on. You can activate these statues, some, you know, one of which will uh, speed it up and the other of which will slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a matter of taking control of your party leader, ditching in any of your, you know, uh, party leader attacks, gambits, and just have them go ham. Um, and have your party leader uh, go and uh, activate the nearest uh, nearest statue to see if you can slow him down to buy uh, to buy enough of your time. This was the first time that I died on this playthrough uh, going through mm. for the show, uh, just because I wasn't dealing damage fast enough. Uh, yeah. This is a neat encounter for them to bring over and try and do in this engine outside mm-hmm. of the uh, the active time battle. Uh, that is a this is always a stressful fight, uh, and this is a cool uh, manifestation of it. Yeah, as opposed to just being a countdown. Yeah. It interacts really interestingly with the uh, battle speed that you have mm-hmm. because its movement is independent of that. Yeah. So you're mechanically incentivized to turn up your battle speed for this yes. to make your animations and turns come up faster because that does not affect the pace at which the wall moves. Yes, that is uh, strange. Which, yeah, it's, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get past this, Ash gives you this history lesson about uh, the Dynast King uh, Wraith Wall. Uh I know I there's dorky phrases in this that I've been harping on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynast King is my least favorite. I, this <laughs> even, never doesn't sound like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Even more than Marquis? <laughs> even more than Marquis. I hate Marquis, but I've come to accept that just a way, an alternate pronunciation. Uh-huh. As far as I can tell, Dynast King is like a portmanteau of a king and dynasty mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, I hate it. No, and you yeah. have these characters very seriously delivering Dynast King. It just sounds dorky to me. It reminds I, me like we're going to do uh, Metal Gear 5 pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And like all of the stuff with the uh, the diamond dogs and like the way that things are. It needs like a coolness pass in localization yeah. mm-hmm. to me. Like it just doesn't sound cool. Uh, yeah, they they needed something for a continent spanning ruler that was not empire because that was already taken. Yeah, um, I, I you know I I'm not going to go on that ride with you. Uh, kind of kind of hating it because in in reality it doesn't bother me, but I'm not going to pull the brakes on your ride either. Yeah, it's it's just whether it, it just clashes. It's just a weird place to put a made up word. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you're you're right. That's exactly because they already did empire. You know, I would have rather than made up a word that didn't use real words, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Supreme Lord. You know? <laughs> great ruler. Mega Man. Yeah, great ruler. <laughs> robot Master. Yeah, Robot <laughs> Master. Dr. Wiley. Something like that. I don't <laughs> Dr. Light. I don't know, Cossack. Like there's a lot of things they could have done. Cut man. It, it just feels like there's a lot of a lot of options other than Dynast King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's also the double consonant in a row that makes it sound it's like the opposite of manufactured. Yeah. You know, the, the, the opposite of a cellar door kind of thing. <laughs> they should have gone with King with King Nasty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. King, King Nasty. Nasty. King Nasty. 
<laughs> shady nasties. Uh, I, I don't know what it would have been, but it's so it's, it's fine early on when they're talking about it. And then okay. later when characters start very seriously invoking the dynast King, like ah, oh. the descendant of the dynast King. Yeah. It just, yeah. it sounds very silly to me, huh? but the, the minor, you know, not a big deal. Like, <laughs> uh, but he, he was, he was an emperor. Yes. Uh, he ruled all the, the empires. He was a Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. And this was considered to be a time of great peace. Uh, that was aided by these uh, these three relics, these three stones, yep. um, which he gave gave out to the the big players. The midnight shard, or yeah, the midlight shard rather, was given to Nebradia. Um, mm-hmm. The dusk shard was given to Dalmasca, where he ruled, and the dawn shard uh, it was stored away here. Yes, uh, and we are in a big dungeon mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, this gigantic tomb. There's statue enemies. Um, we have to go to these the different wings to activate the way, way forward. You know, go push the buttons to to make the way forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you eventually get through to the Dawn Shard, um, it's guarded by the Esper Belias. Yeah, uh, Belias the Gigas, uh, mm-hmm. the first Esper we're going to have introducing the summoning yeah. system here, uh, and introducing the precedent that you have to defeat summons to get them. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love the espers and I love reading their little stories because I, yeah, I really like the designs on these guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like that they're, they show up in final fantasy tactics. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the real thing that I like about this yeah. is like, Oh, it's, it's that first guy you fight. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Mm, Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Some some of them are uh, are also like allusions to other uh, uh you know other Final Fantasies. You mm-hmm. know, I think one through five are represented here. Uh you have Chaos, you have Zeromus, there's uh I think something approaching Xdeath. Uh yeah. it's it's neat. And all of these are avatars of these forces created by the gods. Um, but these are the dark, the dark forces, um, you know, that were created as part of that duality that eventually, uh, rebelled under the leadership of chaos, kind of the, uh, the leader or no, um, Ultima, the leader, kind of the fallen angel one. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a fire boss, Mm -hmm. uh, big, big fire boss. Uh, his kind of gimmick in addition to doing his like little fire summon attack is he'll douse you with oil first, which is a status effect that makes you extra vulnerable. Mm-hmm. to fire uh that you get rid of with like a handkerchief with a rag cute. yeah yeah it's like you literally wipe it down your real elden ring uh soaping yourself off vibes you, you, you don't wipe you're just pushing it around you have to dab yeah dab 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 nobody loves uh, oily vaughn <laughs> i i do not like bronzered vaughn uh you eventually beat him uh, and this Esper uh, glyph appears, we get the Dawn Shard, and now we can summon Gigas, or we can summon Blias. Uh, we talked about this, how any character can grab this, but only one character can, mm-hmm. and it changes the g- topography of your license board a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get, I believe, five of them over the course of the, uh, over the course of the main story. Um, yeah, f- f- five of the, uh, of the I Espers. I think it's four, but... <sighs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. That's that. That's five out of the thirteen. Um, yeah. The remaining seven or eight that you, that you uh, need need to get uh, seven or six rather. Uh, they are very difficult challenge bosses uh, yes. in some of the uh, toughest dungeons in the game. After some of the toughest hunts, so yes. they're firmly post game content. Yes, uh, there's a little bit of a, a minor imbalance in terms of reward and risk for them in that yeah. they're good but they're not you you don't need to have them to mm-hmm. to do the game 
uh, and they're not as useful as they are challenging to beat. Yeah. Um, like there are ones that are cool to have, but they're not commensurate power wise yeah. would not a big deal because uh, mm-hmm. the, the reward of them, you know, they're optional bosses. Like you're not yeah. fighting, you don't fight Ruby weapon for those materials. No. Um, you know, uh, but it's interesting that so many of the summons are like the, mm-hmm. the majority of them are this. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is fine. Um, yeah. This is where uh, Ash starts seeing the ghost of wrestler of her deceased husband. Uh, mm-hmm. And Vaughn starts seeing a ghost of Rex, uh, his deceased brother. Uh, it's unclear at this point what it means. The ghosts do not talk. They just kind of look at them and nod. Um, and uh, nobody else can see them. Yep. Straight up force ghosts. Yes. In this non-Star Wars influence thing. <laughs> um, beating this gets you allows you to do a second job uh, on your characters, uh, which we mm-hmm. talked about that in the first episode. The big deal. Yep. Uh, when you leave, uh, you get captured by the fleet. Uh, they have managed to power through the the Yogged, uh because they can. Uh, mm-hmm. It's mentioned earlier, like an NPC will say that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they're heard able a, to get through. They heard a rumor that they can. Later on, when uh, the Strahl gets the ability to go through Yogg, it's revealed this is something that was researched uh, through the uh, manufacturing of Tethysite. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Manu, manu-watering? Manufacturing. Uh, <laughs> manufacturing of nethesite there yes, we go thank you yeah don't don't get it <laughs> fucking twisted dude no no you 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 manufacture something manufacted there we go Manu- yeah. manufacture is not the uh that's not a verb that is the uh the, the, that is the modifying uh, do i have to change my my podcast manufacts where I, I, I just new episode is a new thing about a magic rock <laughs> this one's a rectangle that's manufacts baby <laughs> yeah brought to you by yeah (laughs) brought to you by rocks um the uh geese you know thanks you for bringing in the dawn shard real villain shit like oh Mm -hmm. you unlocked it for us (laughs) uh this is deaffected nethesite as opposed Mm -hmm. to manufactured uh made by the gods as opposed to made by man Mm -hmm. you know uh i like the way they're using those roots yeah you know it's literally deity and man Mm -hmm. you know uh and it's revealed that vossler is a traitor uh vossler did it to you he set you up yeah if we are to save dalmasco we must accept the truth i will fight this profitless battle no more you know so he's he's been working for them and he sees this as a way to you know basically hand over hand over dalmasco in order to save it yeah in order to save the the people of Mm -hmm. dalmasco you know as opposed to the the land Mm -hmm. uh geese uh you know says uh, orders us to be taken to the shiva he puts the stone in the leviathan's uh reactor to test it um, you know, he takes Vossler takes you to your prison, and while this is happening, Fran starts losing her mind because the mists are gathering. Uh, the the mists are are driving her nuts. She's very mist sensitive. Yeah, this is uh, the case for all Fiera. Yeah, yes. Um, because it's not going well. Them putting the uh the dark science rock into the uh directly into the engine of their ship <laughs> doesn't go super great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, i found i found this uranium just out there on the ground uh let's pop that old bad boy in the gas tank it's it's very homer using uh the you know anything he finds at work <laughs> to power stuff like when the the sims or when the kids pound the uh, uh rod into the remote you know it's, it's very similar to that <laughs> the inanimate carbon rod yes yeah mm. Be, love it can't wait to see the rod <laughs> uh so this uh this distraction of fran going crazy uh, let's us fight Vossler. 
uh, here. Vossler is kind of a mini boss. He's not too much, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and when you kill him, he, he dies wishing the best for Damasco. There's a like, no, no, you do have honor mm-hmm. kind of exchange, exchange with him and Bosch. Like, you know, he wants the best for Damasco and Vosh is like, or Bosch is like, I believe you. Yes. You, know, you, you meant well. Yeah. Uh, Ethel Leviathan, uh, the power readings are off the charts and they cannot stop it. Uh, just, a meme from Chernobyl moving the yep. red and red and, and blue pegs around. Um, yep. and the ship explodes, uh, taking out the, <laughs> the entirety of the eighth fleet and making this huge ghost like figure appear temporarily. Uh, and yep. we're only able to barely get away, uh, by hijacking one of these fighters. Yep. Uh, this is the end of act one. We get these mm-hmm. little Ondor interludes, uh, with him kind of talking about history uh, telling the history of the stuff afterwards. Um, he talks about how uh, he fled to Bajurba to organize a resistance elsewhere. Um, and Ash continued to remain in hiding because she did not have that proof of her lineage. Yeah. Need rock, want rock. <laughs> So we start off act two here uh, with a cutaway to the Imperial Senate. The senators are telling the emperor that Vane must be brought to justice for his actions. Yeah. They're real sore about losing their entire huge fleet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and, it, was, it was geese. You know, <laughs> right. But probably acting under, under encouragement from, from Vane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the emperor is angry saying like, oh, you're making me make this horrible choice. You know, figuring, oh, you're just going to you're you really kind of don't care about that fleet. You just want Larsa to be put ahead of Vane so you Mm -hmm. can control him. You know, you see Vane as a threat, uh, which regardless of if it's true, is not a good reason to do something. In retrospect, it is. Yes. (laughs) Knowing what we know about Vane, the Senate are kind of the heroes of this, which is unusual for a Senate in a Star Wars like. (laughs) uh they, they are correct we should probably put lars on the fr- throne and just summarily execute vane yeah. before he turns into horaloo warrior uh, at the end. <laughs> inflation fetish end of metal gear revengeance vane <laughs> turns into the end of this fucking game it's so can, gross can i can i get something in a strong vein <laughs> yeah can, can i get something in a veiny vein can, can i get something in an it's always sunny in philadelphia drawing of a cock but as a, as a person <laughs> Uh, no, it's a bicep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what Vane turned. That's the emboss of this. Um, the uh, so Ash is in Robinostra, uh, you know, putting together that all the Empire's actions led by Vane uh, have been about the Nethesite. Vane wants yeah. them rocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, destroying Nabidus, uh, trying to take her out to get the Dawn Shard. He's crazy for fucking rocks. He's crazy uh, for these rocks because they're nukes. Like we yeah. get to walk in and see what happened to Nabudi. It's it's a dead yeah. city of ghosts and wind now. Well, we also <laughs> saw what it just did to the the entire eighth fleet. True, you know, one of these other rocks, like through, you know, so they're, they're very powerful. He loves mm-hmm. rocks. Um, so uh, he's been doing all this stuff, and she wants to use this depleted dawn shard that she has to protect Elmaska, uh, but they don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Franz says there's uh, the Gareth people in the Osmond Plain would know what to do. There's wise old people who have always used the rocks. Yes. 
Um, and this is the start of kind of Ash's motivation here. There's a kind of a game long question about her relationship with the power that these, uh, that these stones might provide, uh, for, for her, that is kind of going back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. This was a thing where that question, which I felt like was meant to squeeze a lot of drama out of it, did not work for me because of the genre Mm -hmm. it was in. There was never any doubt. Yeah. Uh, to me, like it, it, no, all of the will she or won't she use the, the rock for power? Mm-hmm. Like this, this story is not operating on a level where the that answer seems was like any, it's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was just a foregone conclusion, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's a genre staple of these, these kind of melodramas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me. And it's part of why they don't always work for me. Yeah. Um, is that there's just not, when I say that, I think that sometimes the storytelling, like this is a deeper story than most Final Fantasies. One of the things I mean when I say that I feel like some of these stories are very shallow is that yeah. uh, the characters are going through roles, uh, you know, playing their parts that mm-hmm. you do in these kind of monomyth kind of fairy tale things yeah. that are telling you um, like lessons, yeah. you know, telling you lessons that are, that you are told in fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they lose the ability to surprise me yeah. and I'm not, uh, as driven by surprise as, as some people are in terms of media, but there's a cumulative effect of just like good will triumph. And this will be the, the lesson that Mm kind of bums me out. Uh, the thing that is cool about final fantasy 12, that is like a little bit of, of, you know, sugar on top of that is that it is concerned with ground level people, Mm -hmm. you know, in that, like the the actual effects on citizenry and stuff are never really forgotten about which yeah. i feel like they would in a different final fantasy mm-hmm. you know yeah so the the, yeah. the the thing that makes her you know utterly unsurprising actions when it comes to this kind of work is you know they play at it still being a question for her i think in order to draw a contrast not just between her and vain which is the uh is is the obvious thing but between her vain sid and vana all of whom seemingly want extremely similar things but for different reasons that men that that kind of manifest in different ways so i think that that is the that, that is the interesting part of how she remains un, uninteresting I, I I just feel like the people who aren't here, like they're they're they feel like more minor articulations in mm-hmm. what they want, like wanting to use the cursed object mm-hmm. for science versus wanting to use the cursed object for power. Like I just know cursed objects, yeah, uh, because of fiction. Like mm-hmm. I know it's always wrong. It's not even though I really like like Sid's performance, and I think that he's a good villain. I think he's a better yeah. villain than Vane mm-hmm. in this. Um, you know, wanting to do, use the evil rock for science is more interesting than wanting to use it for power. My hero choosing not to use the evil rock is just a foregone conclusion, regardless yeah, of what yeah. the other temptations are. I'm not like, saying it doesn't, it take, it doesn't add enough interest for, yeah. for me to make those scenes of will she, won't she work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I'm not saying it like it, it takes it and makes, you know, and makes that less of a, you know, uh, I'm not saying it makes it something, you know, fantastic and genre transcending. I'm just speaking to how it adds a little bit more dimension than one would expect uh, by this, you know, from this kind of story on the curve, 100%. Yeah. But it's, it's useful for me in terms of talking to people who have like listened to the show or fans of the show who, when I say like, I feel like these stories are really simple melodramas. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is a, and they don't treat themselves like it. 
they still want to cash in a dramatic check on something that is a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a marker of a, a story that is like, you know, too oftentimes for me, not in this case, because I like Final Fantasy 12, mm-hmm. but like in a lot of times too cliche. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like, a, like a lot of things in Final Fantasy 12, the way, the ways in which it reads for more kind of in, impeaches, you know, the, the, the broader efforts in the genre. Right. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it's kind of held back by the fact that it has to be a Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. because Final Fantasy games are concerned with going through these motions. You know, yeah. you're not going to be surprised by a Final Fantasy yeah, you know, a, a, like oh, you know, Titus is is he's a ghost, Titus. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a couple like minor little surprises, but in terms of these choices, your heroes are always going to be honorable, good, mm-hmm. and just do the thing. Yeah, there's no there's not a lot of shade to your heroes mm-hmm. in these games, and that I think that is a limiting factor. Yeah, you know, it's also a huge appeal for like a lot of people. Like I mm-hmm. want to, yeah, uh, you know, I want to go on the 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 journey. I want to go on the Saturday morning goodness is good journey. You know, mm-hmm. and I get that, you know, but yeah. it, it it is a thing that stands out to me when there are other elements that contrast with it. Yeah. Which there are in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but this is the start of that, uh, the, yes. you know, the, 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 the start of that angle for her and, you know, some of the doubts from within the party, if not uh, from the, uh, from the player themselves. Um, yeah. Balthier agrees to stick around, you know, for the sake of money um, and takes Ash's wedding ring as this down payment. And he, promises like hey i'll give this back if i find something more more valuable yeah yeah it's it's a little bit of a weird beat uh, i've read online people you know this is him testing her mm-hmm. uh you know to, to check out you know her purity and her dedication to it and that's that's fine yeah you know it, it does feel very like knife twisty in a funny way mm-hmm. uh you know here's the here's the one sentimental thing <laughs> yeah. uh so we go back to the the giza plains uh which are rainy now which means our tougher monsters uh these big like like funny looking muppet alligator things that mm-hmm. open their mouth in a weird way uh these things are great yeah. uh, i love them <laughs> um and then we uh pass through the osmone plains which have these ambush snakes uh the first time we've seen them they pop out of the ground and then uh black chocobo who are yeah. aggressive i love just fighting chocobo as a mob enemy mm-hmm. uh, just just killing tons of peaceful beautiful horses <laughs> yep. gets, you know, uh, very funny Oh man. Um, but we get to Jahara. Uh, and this is where yes. we meet, uh, this game stand in for indigenous, indigenous Americans, uh, yep. tribal bull people, uh, Always wearing... gonna be. <laughs> you know? weird, weird that this lines up with our discussion on uh bonfire side chat. Yeah. They'll just never not be an honorable race that is coded as first nations people. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but the, you know, there's a bit of a runaround. This is a little bit annoying. Uh, we're like, Oh, I am, I'm this kind of chief, but I'm not that kind of chief. Uh, yes. u- ultimately leading you to, uh, the, uh, the, the main war chief, uh, who says like, Oh, you know, Dynast uh, chief. Please. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, the, the, the gods, they, you know, they granted us not long ago, but we failed them. Um, and they took it from us in displeasure and gave it to the dynast king. Yes. Uh, so th- they don't know how to use the stone, you know, uh, it's, it, it's depleted of its mist. The Nethesite is drawn to those most drawn to it. Uh, yeah. it's a one ring thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a corrupted object that wants people who want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of saved from being, you know, Oh, we didn't, did not get the information we need from running into Larsa. Um, you know, we get there and he says that Andor's resistance will stir Arcadia into action, which will give Rosaria pretense to declare war. We yes. need to stop this. He's bringing us back into the geopolitics 
yeah. uh, bit of it. Yeah. Are, um, these, these three different factions that are all affecting one another. Mm-hmm. All uh, looking for any excuse to go into all-out war. Uh, and Larsa proposes, hey, uh, Ash, if you go to Mount Burr, Omasace. I, I, I always want to say Omasachi. But that's not how it <laughs> says. Omasachi. Omasachi yeah. Burr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it says, hey, go to Mount Burr, Omasace, uh, and speak to Grand Kiltias Anastasis, you know, kind of the uh, furry, pope. Yeah, fur, furry pope man. Yeah, tree pope. Um, yeah, uh, to uh, have your lineage verified. Like, you know, he'll understand, uh, you know, so you can go back to Dama- Damascus, you know, assume leadership uh, in lieu of vain as Lord Consul. And, um, you know, start sewing for peace. Try to stop this war. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Ash's resistant uh, at first, Larsa reminds her that Robin Ostro would be the battlefield of the mm-hmm. war. Like, if this war happens, like, your this hometown is going to literally be the, the field. Everyone will die. Yeah. Um, and she's not going to do it. But then uh, Vaughn, uh, for the first time in the story, uh, is pivotable, pivotal uh, yeah. by talking to her at night and saying, like, hey, this is important. Yeah, you know, just uh, I decided it's time to stop running, you know. Yeah. Uh, a, a theme is creeping in, uh, which is going to entirely overtake the uh, back half of the game, which is individuals' relationships with the past, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. whether whether they embrace their failures and move on or deny them and end up being chained to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how long you can run. Yeah. You know, from them. Uh, most successfully done with, with uh, Balthier. Of course. IMO. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, you go to leave. Larsa says, hey, there's someone uh, I want you to meet on the mountain. You know, a friend and an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are some cryptic stuff. <laughs> he's a bit uh, of a riddle. He's yeah. He, he's a he's a bitch. He's a mother. He's a child. He's a lover. He's a sinner. He's a saint. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I do want to stop this war, but nothing's more important to me than playing my little guessing game. Uh, <laughs> bullshit, Larson. Uh, I'm a guessing boy, and I live in a guessing land. <laughs> oh man uh we get a cutaway uh back to the palace uh a whole gaggle of judges uh including gabranth and uh drace the one lady judge they're kind of talking about all these goings on uh and it's clear that gabranth and drace are kind of in each other's confidence here uh gabranth is like hey the senate is really sorely mistaken if they think larsa will be their puppet you know they think if they think they can they can tame him uh they're going to be surprised by his bite and he'll be surprised by theirs yeah yeah, this uh, to me communicated to me that it was going to like do a triple fake out, and Larsa was going to be mm-hmm. a real shit. Yeah, you know, uh, and and he's not. He's he's still basically okay. Yeah, uh, but this way, but it really felt like oh shit, maybe Larsa's the one to watch you know, in terms of, <laughs> of uh, misdirection here. Larsa's the puppet master. Yeah, uh, so we have to go through the Golmore uh, jungle, a couple of Golmore girls uh, with some new enemies here. They're Panthers. Mm-hmm. Or quarrels uh, here, and then uh, fan favorite Marlboros. I, I'm not uh, used to Marlboros being so tiny. <laughs> yeah, the little—they're very cute. They're about four feet tall. Uh huh. <laughs> like they're short kings, <laughs> yeah. and not just the Marlboro King. Uh-huh. Uh, so th- this—if if you don't know Final Fantasy, these are things that breathe every status on you. Like they don't do very much damage. This mm-hmm. hit you with all the statuses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are. So this is about prioritizing your gambits to get rid of the more uh, debilitating. Yeah. I don't know so if you can, you can buy I don't know if you can buy remedies yet. I I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh and you I don't think you have a Suna yet either. 
which is yeah. the spell version of that. So basically, uh, like a lot of my characters ran through this, uh, you know, silenced or with a stone countdown, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with them, but they were not blind and yeah. they could still attack. And those panthers, like those panthers, are interesting um, and interesting enemies because they have, um, you know, l- like the curls in previous Final Fantasies, they're hard to hit because they have a status on them called double, uh, yes. which greatly they're just uh, beasts. Yes, yeah, um, and uh, they also will hit you with break. So you're fighting a whole bunch of them. They're proccing break a lot, and their entire deal is making it kind of more difficult to hit them and bring them down. Yeah, uh, break in this game as opposed to instantly turning you to stone gives you a countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of varies from Final Fantasy to Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're stalling you. Like yes. in terms of a dungeon, I think there are only really two enemies in this. Another one shows up later mm-hmm. when you start pushing further into it. But I think both these enemies have solid concepts, which yes. I, I don't think is true of every enemy in this game. No. I think both of these are well designed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are weird force fields of energy here that we cannot uh, get through. Um, and uh, Fran Belthier taps in Fran uh, and she creates a mystical bridge to go into a section of the forest Yeah, um, where her people live. Yeah. Uh, we just happen to be on her doorstep. Yeah. Uh, she won't go into the city, uh, into this uh, mystical tree village that we, uh, that we get into, but says, Hey, seek out this fear named Mjern. She'll know why we're, uh, why we're here. Yes. Um, so when we try to get into the village, the Viera rebuke us. You know, there's this woman named Jote uh, who's there who tries to stop us. And Fran comes to talk to them. And they're uh, mean girls mm-hmm. to Fran uh, because Fran left. Yeah. You know, they're they're teasing her about she can no longer hear the woods. This also, you know, fantasy cliche stuff. She's an elf. Yes. Uh, and is no longer has her connection to nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they say, oh, Muren has left too. You know, she headed west. She's, she's wandering among warrens of men who clothe themselves in iron. Um, and Larsa takes this incredibly obvious clue and figures, okay, probably talking about the Imperials with their metal armor and the nearest Warren would be these Hene Magisite mines, uh, these places where, you know, it's not as, uh, you know, not as big of a vein of the Magisite as Bujerba, but they were anticipating something happening, taking away their access to the Magisite there. Yes. And not as big a vein as veins veins Mm. in the end vein. (laughs) Uh, Vaughn, you know, noticed somebody said, oh, Fran, you know, they said you left 50 years ago. How old are you? And everyone goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like a weird modern uh, sitcom joke Uh that the characters do. It is kind of cute because Vaughn asked this, not realizing that it's incredibly rude and everybody just walks by him. Most of them just shake their heads. We think one of them says, come on. And then Penelope says, you need to grow up. (laughs) It's a she's not wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, uh, I don't know, man, you're, you're a mystical long lived elf creature. Yeah. Like you don't get to be sensitive about your age. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> it's, it's also like kind of an honest question. Like how long does this monster that I'm living with live? <laughs> you know, he just wants the like, fucking source book. Yeah. Just, uh, like, am I, am, am I, am I buying a goldfish or am I buying a parrot? Like, what are we, yeah. what are we uh, doing Is this here? a tortoise situation? <laughs> Yeah. Like, do, do I have to write? Am you I going to bury my... you, or are you going to bury me? <laughs> what kind of pet rabbit is you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's the question you're asking with any pet. Uh huh. You know, and that's the great thing about the ten, ten to fifteen year pets is it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps it interesting. <laughs> Jesus. Like, 
<laughs> like, are you going to bury them? Or are they going to eat your face as you collapse on the toilet floor? Mm, so, <laughs> therein lies the game. <laughs> yeah, the most dangerous game. Uh, that's the gambit system. Uh, so we, we go to the mines uh, here, uh, and they introduce, I, I really hate this mechanic. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it feels like I'm very, I'm nitpicking everything. I promise I like this game. There's a thing where, so chocobos in this game and historically in final fantasy are used to avoid random encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this game, you can rent them. They have a timer. Um, and then that allows you to not fight things because people will not fight you when you're on a chocobo. Mm-hmm. Uh, here they're introducing this idea of hidden paths. You had to look around for these tracks with our mm-hmm. chocobo tracks. And this are bits of geometry you can walk through if you're on a chocobo. Yeah. Um, this is the only time it's required, which yeah. I appreciate, but the idea of it, it reminded me of like the first time you find a hidden wall in, in doom. Yeah. So then you have to hump every wall. Like I just have to now look out for these tracks and then make the decision. Is it worth carrying around Gaiashi greens or finding a chocobo vendor to see if there's a good treasure there or there's 63 gill, mm-hmm. you know, through there. It just, it was an irritating chore to do to get the secret wall. Yeah. Uh, here i don't mind this first one because it's story-wise and they just tell you mm-hmm. but i did not like it it was not welcome information to me yeah if you're going to be engaging with deeper uh deeper kind of things or like going after specific treasure chests that you know are in a particular area it's a yeah. kind of a, an extra step you have to do yeah yeah uh but this this is how you get to the entrance of the mines uh which is littered with imperial troop bodies you know something horrible has happened here yes uh the mines are laid out in uh a dungeon way. They're going to do this trick a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so weirdly it's patterned after the big Imperial ship at the end, mm-hmm. uh, where doors there's color coded doors. And they can be either be open or closed. Mm-hmm. Um, these, uh, these little, uh, switch gates. Yeah. And typically there's an ambush when you hit one of the switch gates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, uh, you get up to a door, you find the little thing to switch it, but then you have to switch it back on your way back. Yeah. It's there's, there's nothing here that elevates to puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't, it's not really, it's just kind of a task that you do. It, I don't, it's not a very good dungeon concept to me. No, uh, no. the monsters here are, are cool. Um, you know, find these nightmare things, these flying creature guys, and then jellies, which we fought before, but are always interesting enemies mm-hmm. in uh, final fantasy games. These ones specifically, they multiply as you fight yeah. them. Uh, mm-hmm. which actually makes this so those tiny little rooms where the switch gates are that makes this the most effective afk grinding area in the game mm-hmm. um you set up your gambits uh so that uh, you do not actually uh fight them by doing damage if you kill them with break uh, if you kill them by having your time made stone them uh then they will just continue uh, multiplying uh creating an endless source of exp and lp for you yeah. it's because if you kill them uh the game does count it Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like an actual counter. They will not spawn unlimitedly naturally, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a glitch where break doesn't count as killing them. Yeah. So they'll just keep showing up. <laughs> it goes by Batman rules. Yeah, ex- exactly. You had, yeah. you had to break your foe. <laughs> uh, when you get through here, you run to Mjern, uh, and she is in a mist daze. She's been uh, misted out. She calls Ash a power hungry Hume and uh, da- <laughs> sounds like a bad board game. Uh, <laughs> and then dashes, dashes off. Um, and this awakens a dragon that we had to fight this uh, Tiamat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tough boss. Uh, mm-hmm. Toughest boss we've done so far. Um, uh, has a lot of HP, you know, all the usual kind of stuff. And we have not really uh, gotten the buffs that we need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, periodically casts a spell called Disable Ga. Uh, which will give uh, your party members the disable status uh, means that they can move around, but they cannot actually uh, perform any actions. Uh, yes. So, you know, 
that is a huge emergency because you are losing out on DPS. Uh, so yeah. you have to prioritize that. DPS and healing and support and anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, a status effect on loan from Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, when I first played this, um, I knew about the the spell naming conventions of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. But when I played this in 2006, I kept calling this Disobliga. <laughs> which is real silly <laughs> disobliga yeah yeah disobliga disobliga uh after you beat uh tiamat uh Mirren drops the magicite she was holding and we see this ghostly figure with red eyes uh above her which departs and yeah. Mirren, no longer in a mist haze falls over yeah um we can talk to her and she says uh, the arcadians made her hold this manufactured nethesite uh and this uh misted her up Yes. Yeah. Took the mist into herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, they kind of did this as a prank on her, knowing that she was a Viera, just kind of yeah. to see what it would do. Uh, so, yeah. These are those wacky Imperials. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the actual, Eric Andre is the actual Empire. <laughs> uh, like Emperor, once you get through the man behind the man behind the man. Oh, man. Uh, so we go back to, uh, from, uh, Fran's village, Eret, um, and, uh, God, do, I was saying think, that out loud it makes it sound like I'm doing like a, like a DJ remix sound. Eret. <laughs> do you think that there is a uh, mileage in a novelty Twitter account that mashes up Eric Andre pranks with Dragon Quest called Erdrick Andre? <laughs> That's all about like teasing Rockies into like, you know, thinking you're racist in public or like teasing metal slimes into thinking that you're uh racist in public i think i, I think that you will be surprised at how much appeal that has <laughs> but disappointed in h- how little it is in the grand scheme of things yeah and, and how much work it would take <laughs> yeah. basically signing myself up for like ten thousand hours of dragon quest <laughs> uh, and then like a delightful rewatch of the eric andre show Oh, of course. Uh, you know, so that cool. I just had to sp- spread them out. One episode just, for every 40 hours of Dragon Quest. You could just do that part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just watch the show and not do a novelty Twitter, Twitter account at all. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> done. <laughs> Let's just watch shows and eat snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great, man. Yeah. Yeah, pimento cheese. Um, so, uh, better, rit, rit, rit. Uh, and Jote hands over uh, Lenth's tier, which is what's going to let us go through the force barriers. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a sad scene. Like this is kind of the only development that Fran gets apart from being loyal to uh Balthier. Um, but Mjern had left. Uh, we find out that uh, Fran, Mjern and uh, Jote are sisters and Fran has to convince her, Hey, you need to rejoin the Viera. You know, don't, don't follow my path. You need to forget that I exist. Yeah. You don't want this. Yeah. You want no part of this. I, I assume there was more to this if I did optional stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I just didn't. Uh, cause I was eyes on the prize a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is her, stuff, not the, her, her past theme lit. Yeah. Uh, the optional stuff doesn't, it doesn't really concern the story at all. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I got the fuck out of here. I didn't, did not want to go back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so we go through the goal more jungle with our magic pass to go through magic barriers, uh, which takes us to a new boss, the elder worm, um, a big plant dragon. Yeah. Uh, that kind of comes from the ceiling. Uh, here who uh, is kind of like a, a big Marlboro, even though there will actually be big Marlboros later. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this thing called spore fall, uh, which makes all these spores fall from the ceiling that hits you with lots of statuses. Yes. Uh, and it oils you up real good and it will follow up with a fireball. Yeah. The power of plants and dragons combined. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> uh, once we get through here, 
Uh, we pass through the uh, Paramina Rift briefly before getting up to Pope Mountain. Uh, and Pope Mountain is full of refugees mm-hmm. um, that this uh, Kiltias uh, religion, uh, religious order accepts. Yes. Um, the uh, this is this is the Christianity or Catholicism. Like this yeah. is the religion that's on offer in this mm-hmm. world, um, and is pretty you know pretty out of the box fantasy religion. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not it refreshingly not terribly concerned with the actual goings on. It is not mm-hmm. like a um a, a you know a a, a power a broker in and of itself. Yeah, it is not the Glabados, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, we get a little cutaway here of Vane talking to his father, the emperor. Uh, you know, he, he says, Hey, we should probably take out the Senate. You know, this is necessary. Mm-hmm. And the emperor is like, I, I don't know about that. So yeah. He yeah. basically calls out Vane for saying, Hey, you say a lot of sus stuff is necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've read fiction. I understand necessary is never good. <laughs> it just, it's just semiotics for bad. Yeah. It's, you know? it, it, it just, it just means whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And it's never the right choice. Yeah. Um, so back down on the mountain, uh, we have a couple of good vendors. This ends up being a vendor you want to stick around for a while. Uh, if you want to, uh, gear up, especially because the magic vendor here sells a lot of next level spells and spells are very expensive in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's nice that it's right next to a pretty good and easy grinding spot. Yeah. You know, if you have to, like, weirdly enough in this game, I, I hate grinding. I usually consider it a fail condition if I have to grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did in this game to get money for spells, yeah. uh, but it, it was just walk back and forth in a hallway because yeah, yeah. so yeah. they didn't make it fun, but they made it uh, painless mm-hmm. and they made it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Fast, fast and painless, which is about you, all you can hope for for grinding. Yes. Um, you go talk to the Pope uh, mm-hmm. here, uh, Anastasius. Uh, who speaks out from a dream. This is a gigantic tree man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the proportions of this cutscene are weird. I thought this guy was fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And then later when he is kind of brought down to size, he's a dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's always filmed, uh, like, filmed, God. He's always shown in a close-up on his face to kind yeah. of show that he is not. Or from below, know. like Ant's well, eye view. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, he seems very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of speaking to us saying like, oh, I dream all and I've, you know, I've seen you in the dream, uh, but we're interrupted, uh, when old Spainy McSpain face comes in, <laughs> uh, uh, like the, uh, the guy who, uh, helps out Leon in Resident Evil four <laughs> energy, <laughs> Luis. Like, yeah. It's very Luis. Like, ah, uh, yes, a beautiful <laughs> lady has summoned me. <laughs> like, what the fuck game are you in, man? What's Gambit doing here? Like, yeah. It's- it's very he's, funny. He, he, he's dressed in kind of a modern, flashy way too. He looks almost like he's on he's loan from Deus Ex. Yeah, he's yeah, got sunglasses. He's, he's got like Ray Bans on. <laughs> he's on loan from Deus Ex. Yeah. Like he's he's one of he's he's fighting humanity first. <laughs> uh, this is the Rosarians. We never actually go to Rosaria no, or, or no. deal with them. This is our our one representative of this country, and they're fabulous. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a whole country of absolute flamboyance. He's always uh, has two like a woman on each arm. Uh huh. It's so funny for how like grounded this story wants to be to have Luis come in uh-huh. and talk about his way with the ladies. And yeah. Shit. Uh, it's but very this, funny. <laughs> this is kind of the uh, the crown prince of Rosaria. This is uh, Alcide Margrace, uh, is his name of House Margrace. Um, and he's kind of coming here on the download, you know, to speak to us. Uh, you know, this is this is who Larsa uh, told us the, the riddle about. He's the you know, frenemy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but he comes bearing bad news, uh, saying like, "Hey, you know, we had initially planned. Okay, we're going to have you announce, have you announce that you still live, and say like, hey, we're going to take the throne, and Rosaria will back you.'" Um, however, that only make things worse. That would have worked with the old emperor, but he's been assassinated. And he says this right in front of Larsa. So yeah. either 14 year old boy, uh, yeah. daddy done got got. So yeah, daddy got and, and brother did it. Uh, you know, that's it. Larsa can figure out he's no fool. You yeah, see yeah. it. Uh, basically the empire, the emperor has been poisoned and a senator is on the ground. His throat's been cut. And yeah. people rush in and veins like the senator did it, confessed and slit his own throat. Mm-hmm. He, he passed his, his own sentence. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's not <laughs> suspicious at all. Uh-huh. Uh, in a world before forensic medicine, this shit flies. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, Vane says that with you know the sentence in question, he has no choice but to dissolve it and assume autocracy. Yeah. You know, he's be- he's declaring martial law. Yeah. Yeah. Saying like, hey, oh, until the until the situation is stabilized. <laughs> Uh, we yeah. got to uh, vest all power in the emperor, so kind of an ending ending any appearance of this being a republic. Yeah. Uh, Judge Dr- <laughs> no. Judge Drace, who is MVP, who is way too good to live in this system, uh, calls this out. She says, "You know, I don't know, I don't know how anybody else is falling for this mummer's farce, but I need to I need to arrest this guy." Uh, and yeah. she draws. Yep, yeah. uh, but uh, Gabranth uh, or Zargabranth. Uh, is this uh, a different yeah. guy who does it or is this Gabriel? No, this, this is a different guy. This is yeah, a, this Zarga is a more powering. Yeah. Ju- confused, ju- ju- confusing for them. Yeah. Zarga uh, uh, yeah. Judge Zargabath uh, draws on her saying, you know, it wasn't just Vane who made himself, you know, the emperor here. It was the ministry of law. So you've just drawn, you know, you've just drawn your sword on law itself. On law itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Vane uh, sends uh, Zargabath and Bergen uh, on the Alexander to go fetch Larsa and then calls Gabranth in. Uh, calls him a stray dog begging for scraps from the emperor's table, uh, you know, for conferring uh, with him about Vane's doings and secrets. In yeah, secret. for conferring with the old emperor, saying yeah. like, "Hey, I knew what you were doing. You were yeah, going you were, about. You were talking behind my back. Prove your loyalty." Yes. Yeah. And saying like, "Okay, you've got the chance to redeem yourself. You know, Judge Magister. Uh, we have a criminal here. Executor. You know, Drace is on the ground. This is pretty heartbreaking." The um, the uh, the director, um, Ido, uh, came out and said, "Yeah, no, Gabrantha and Drace were involved. Like, this is really knife twisty." Um, yeah. And Drace is defeated. She says, "You know, I don't care. You know, kill me, but just protect Larsa." I wish we had spent more time with them. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's fine. It is a good, like they're good characters and it's, it's mm-hmm. a good bit. Um, I would have liked to have seen, yes, you know, what the, what the director said, as opposed to him telling me. Yes. Agreed. It. Um, here, uh, so, uh, she, he does and she dies mm-hmm. back on the mountain. Ash, uh, concludes their previous plan, uh, would not stop a war with Vane because he wants war. He's basically mm-hmm. just searching for an excuse. So they need a way to stop the Nethesite. And uh, Anastasia says that the Dynast King left something uh, with the Kilitas, uh, which to do that, the Sword of Kings, which is kept in the still shrine of Miriam. Yeah. Uh, and this is news. Like the, and it's kind of a riddle, uh, you know, that they, they're wondering why. Why would the Dynast King uh, kind of leave the tool for his undoing outside of his family? Yes. Uh, so we have to walk through the uh, Paramina Rift. Uh, mm-hmm. To get there, um, there are yetis and ice elementals. Ice elementals are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Elementals in this game are fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, and we get to the uh, the still shrine here. Achilletus is uh, standing at the entrance and uh, asks us to ponder over the nature of the Sword of the Kings, which was yeah. not meant to draw blood. 
Right. Um, basically encouraging us to use it to destroy stones rather than kill people. Yeah. 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 Just, Even though I did straight up equip it on people and used it to draw blood. It's a little bit annoying because it's more powerful um, than a lot of weapons at this point. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it is a one handed sword that anybody can use. So if you're doing a specific build, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you cannot actually, uh, for different characters, use auto equip because it will auto equip in front of anything else that you're trying to use specifically. Yeah. Does anything happen if you use it as a weapon? You know what? I never, I never tried. I, I, I did. I, I just use it. Nothing. I didn't notice any difference. Oh, I just huh. auto equipped and it's like, Oh, you want to use the sword of Kings? Okay. It's a sword. <laughs> uh, yeah. A Catholic told me not to use it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't believe in this religion. I'm Gary. Mm-hmm. I, I live in the real world. Uh, and it, nothing, nothing bad happened. Yeah. Uh, so this is a huge dungeon. Um, kind of irritatingly, the Dawn shard is an accessory as well as a key item. Mm-hmm. And you have to have it equipped uh, in order to do things, which means menu shuffling. Yeah, it has a really big downside. So it raises your magic defense quite a bit, but it lowers your MP to zero. Yes, uh, which you could do a build for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you happen to already be doing a build for that, like there was no reason for me not to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like my Bosch did not use magic. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I could have just had him use it. But for some reason, I wanted him to use other accessories. Like it wasn't the downside of the no MP that bothered me. It was taking off my counterattack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, accessory. Yeah. So a little irritating. Um, so you have to get, to, we're trying to make this gigantic statue raise its blade by turning these smaller statues into face it mm-hmm. uh, here and going to the end of these hallways, uh, fighting monsters to get to these statues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the first boss that we fight here is this, uh, angelic looking kind of mechanical deal, uh, that's called Venus scar. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a bit of a, rep- of a, uh, reprisal or a repeat of, um, uh, the dark elf fight in, uh, final fantasy four. Uh, yes. there's a magnetic field that will, uh, put slow on anybody who's wearing heavy armor. Um, and, uh, uh, kind of in addition to this, it will constantly cast a break, uh, which means it is stalling you. Uh, so you have to either um, uh, equip everybody with light armor, which might not be an option for you, um, or be really on the ball with your golden needles. Yeah. Yeah. Power through the the slow. Yeah. Um, when you get past this, you get to the chamber with the Sword of Kings. We fight another Esper. Second Esper fight, uh, Mateus. Yeah. Um, this is a big fish ice goddess. Well, the, the, the actual fish with an ice goddess crafted to it. Yeah. The actual being is the crazy, uh, like glyph fish. Uh, it tried to fight against the gods and it figured that it could, uh, get through their attacks by, uh, basically welding, uh, an ice goddess onto it, like a human shield. Yeah. Yeah. Grafting ill befits a Lord <laughs> is the thing. Um, he has little, uh, or she has little ice, Azers with them, little tiny little ice options that cast mm-hmm. uh, sleep and blizzard. Try to put you to sleep. Uh, you want to take them out, and once you do, everything's fine. Like, yeah. Matthias is pretty easy. Yeah, just a matter of uh, uh, designing your gambas to prioritize those smaller things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ash grabs a sword and goes to destroy this piece of nethesite that Larsa gave them, uh, but the ghost of Rassler uh, stops her, mm-hmm. and then she says, "Hey, Vaughn, did you see Rex at this point?" And he says, "No." No. Um, we take the sword and go to leave, uh, but we see the airship fleet headed towards uh, Pope Town. Yeah. Mount Burr, Omase. Omase. Yeah. And Judge Bergen, the jerk, uh, has killed everybody there. Yeah. Uh, no real reason. Just slaughtered all the, the religious people in the world. 
Mm-hmm. The amazing yeah. atheist has struck again. <laughs> <laughs> and by strike again, do you mean, uh, uh, I don't know, poured scalding out oil on his dick again? Yeah. 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 Loves it. Yeah. Don't look, don't, don't look anything up about that guy. Um, no, no, no. He's fucking awful. I'm not invoking <laughs> no, no. him because of, no, no, I'm not even accusing you yeah. of that. It's just, yeah. No, I was clarifying for the listeners. I don't want to be like, oh, Gary mentioned this guy. And I, I'm an atheist and I like things that are amazing. <laughs> like, not this. Not this. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, he's killed uh, Grand Kiltius Anastasis himself. And he gives this unhinged speech. He's a true believer in not, not just Vane's cause, uh, but in Sid's as well. We're going to find out. He's basically reading out of his prayer book uh, saying, oh, manufactured nephocyte is the true power of man. Uh, you know, Wraithwall, you, know, you call him great, but he was just a dog begging for scraps of stone from the gods. Yes. Um, and we fight him uh, and his his coterie of problematic bachelors. Uh, mildly tricky. Uh, he has very high physical resistance. So this was wanted to counter my build uh, mm-hmm. and my, my stubborn persistence. I also uh, did summons during yeah, this to yeah. get around this, uh, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's interesting about uh, this I think I talked about this in generalities, but if I didn't, uh, in my playstyle, which I don't was not optimal, I'm not suggesting it. Uh, it was it made the most sense to give my summons to my healer support unit because if I gave my summon to another unit, uh, they could not support the summon. Yeah, like the fact that you do not summon your your esper along with the entire party was important. Mm-hmm. So I spread them out because that felt wise at the time. Like, why yeah. not? But in retrospect, I should have just given all of my summons to my time white mage because yeah. then she could haste and heal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, there's there are some summons. All the, all the ones you get in the story are incredibly weak, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need the, you know, stupid babies need the most attention. Um, but um, uh, the stronger ones can be can be uh, spread around. That's one of the reasons why, like a lot of my characters, I expect them to be hybrids was so mm-hmm. I could take advantage um, of y- y- the benefit that I would get by assigning the Esper to them to get those extra little uh, spots on the license yeah, board. Little, little extra nodes. There, yeah. There's optimization that you can do that, that runs counter yeah. to it. It's, and, it's and, a weird, we talked about this in the first, the first episode about it. Like I, it's interesting when a game runs into optimized play versus instinctual play, mm-hmm. you know, as a thing, it might be an interesting like topics discussion at some point. Yeah, because there there's it's a way that games can be separated, like is the way that feels intuitive without any exterior guiding or anything like that. Is that viable? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's it's basically the the end boss of the just use a kukri, you know, the thing that, that yeah, we talked about yeah. on Bonfireside mm-hmm. chat, like just do the thing that's correct. There's not things in the game that tell you to do it. Yeah, you just need to know it. And like it's an interesting thing because it's something that my instinct is to say, I, I think that's bad. I guarantee that that's at play in my love of darkest dungeon and my love of monster train. A lot of games mm-hmm. like deep strategy games. I'm sure that I am forgiving those while yeah. getting irritated at this. So I don't, I, I think that I'm probably being a little bit of a hypocrite there. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just an interesting thing to chew on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, for, for me, you know, as mentioned in the, in the generalities, I'm a sicko for, for that in these, you know, in some of these instances, you know, sitting, sitting out and you know, looking at the requirements for different jobs in Final Fantasy tactics and working through charts and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a sicko for this. So for me, the optimized play, it's not necessarily instinctual because you can just play for you, you, you can play for, um, uh you know drama it's like i'm role playing this you know like oh yeah but but belias served uh wraith ball so i'm gonna put him on ash his descendant as well stuff like that yeah yeah and you and you're allowed to like mm-hmm. it doesn't stop you from playing the the main game but it does stop you from doing the optional super tough content yeah if not well, it stop, stop you like yeah, yeah makes it, it yeah makes it much harder you know so yeah it's just, it's just an interesting thing to to play with in your head in terms mm-hmm. of what it means in terms of design i think yeah so uh but we defeat him and this you know spirit like figure kind of leaves him you know this mist departs um yeah. and on looking at him uh they kind of notice how bergen had even you know modified his bones with manufactured not the site you know he was yeah. more machine than man yes hybrid uh alcid stumbles in uh, hello what did i miss uh you know saying that uh Gabranth took larsa who went along just to avoid trouble like didn't yeah. fight uh, which makes sense el cid uh wants to take ash back to rosaria to calm down the war pavilion and she says she can't do it uh, yeah. she has she has to take care of the dawn shard and uh el cid throws on his sunglasses and says later uh <laughs> and takes his leave there. um so we're we're on shard killing quest now. yeah yeah, because um, we have the sword that'll do it. Mm. So a stone killing, we must go. Um, mm-hmm. And to do that, uh, we need to get to Draclor Lab- Laboratory, kind of the Imperial Weapons Lab. Uh, that's where the dar- where the Dusk Shard is. Both of your figures. Uh, it says, "Hey, we're going to need to go uh, go on foot." Uh, and there's this big string of zones that we're going to have to pass through to get to the Empire. Yep, uh, we're we're in the task zone, uh, yeah. a big area with lots of tasks to do. Um, we go through the, uh, Mosforan high waste, uh, which is not a whole lot to mm-hmm. the Salika wood where we have to go talk to, uh, lazy moogles to finish, uh, fixing a bridge Yeah, here, which is cute, but it is just a task. Yeah. I just go, go fight things on the way to these things to click on. Yeah. I don't care for it. Yeah. A uh, little, a little bit, uh, irritating here. When you get to the Fawn coast, uh, Bell, we, we get a, like one of the, the few times our characters will talk to each other. Like that's mm-hmm. drying up. Yeah. Um, Balthier asks what Ash's true intentions are for the dust shard. Again, bringing up that question. Yeah. You know, are, are you lusting forever greater power blinded by Nethesite? Is that how you, or, or she says lusting forever greater power blind by Nethesite? Is that how you see me? Uh, and he says, uh, it does remind me of someone I know. Yes. You know, he's talking about his dad. Uh, but he's, you know, he's, he's got a reason to be gun shy about people lusting after magic rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he lays this out saying, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, my father, Dr. Sid, his obsession with Nethesite drove him mad, you know, just to, to these, you know, like it drove him to higher levels of creation. You started making all this stuff, but he did, he did it the entire time talking to this unseen figure called something like Vana or something like that. Yeah. I cannot not read it as Venonat. <laughs> and I want a mod of this game where Venonat is the dark whisper in Sid's ear. <laughs> Venonat, Venonat. 
That's right. Perhaps I will do that. No, no, no. We find out that in a past life, even you know, he even made Belthier a judge. Yes. And everyone's shocked by this. And he says, as part of his past, he'd rather forget. Yeah. Uh, he got sick of it and ran. Right. Uh, you cannot uh, run your past, though. Nope. Um, you know, and he, he even remarks on this irony. Like, he tried to run away from this, but he got wrapped up in the stones anyway. Yeah. Ran, yeah. Did, did all of this running just to get nowhere. Yeah. Uh, time to cut ties with my past. Yeah. Um, Ash herself, she recalls the day of her wedding, you know, talking to Rassler about their marriage saying like, oh, you know, we're just married to join these two kingdoms, but they're clearly fond of each other. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's not a, yeah. it's not a bad forced thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Balthier tells Ash, like, you know, the choice is yours to make, but you know, don't give your heart to a stone. You're too strong for that. That's like a very yeah. well delivered line. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great it's a great line that it for me, it's still in the pile of like, there's no doubt about what she will do. Yes. You know, it doesn't feel like she'll convince her. It's something that's let down by the uh, level of register of the story. Yes. To me or not register, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the fable like nature we are in. Yes. Like, of course, she's not going to do that. There's no there's no question. Mm-hmm. Um, We get up to the uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this to China. Chitaita, uh, uplands and we find a kid who's looking for hunters. This is weird. Uh, he's got a hunting bill. This is part of the critical path. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're following the critical path here and you haven't been stopping to do hunts, mm-hmm. this is a real, like, remember there are hunts yeah, no. uh, kind of moment. Like I've just gone and done a bunch of dungeons. <laughs> um, but this is critical path. He's talking about, uh, there's something he doesn't know what it is. It's holed up in the Sochin cave palace. Uh, which is where you need to go. Yeah. And he gives you the key. You have to talk to him. This is a function of the world being open. Uh, you can walk here, I believe, outside of the introduction where you're stopped by the people who uh, keep you from getting into the Esther Sands. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you, you you can get up here. Uh, this is stopping you from actually going into the Empire because the only way on foot is through the uh, the Sochin Cave Palace. He gives you the key yes. again there when you take this fake hunt. Yeah. So we go into the cave, uh, this subterranean route that'll get us to the capital. Uh, but we have to do that hunt first. And this is a cute, uh, cute boss. Yeah. Um, this little gang called Mandaraga royalty, yes. uh, which are all these little Mandaraga guys, little pumpkin head, like little, little fucked up little dudes. Yeah. Well, ma- 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 Mandragoras. Yeah. Yes. Uh, really cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly cute. And there's five of them. Uh, so it's kind of <laughs> tricky and they're, they're kind of like from a mechanical sense, like some of them are designed to annoy like run away from you and stuff, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit obnoxious. Uh, they each have their own little elemental weakness. Uh, and it's, it's something that gets progressively easier yeah. as you, uh, as you take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they leave a little ghost when they die, all their little, their ghosts leave their body and fly up into the sky. Like to go to like heaven. Angels going to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Little vegetable men. Uh, it's adorable. It's what happens whenever you eat salad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would go to a restaurant where, uh, uh, Mandragora royalty was a dish, mm. and you just get five little vegetables that run around your plate until you kill them. <laughs> Scr- scream, <laughs> scream all you want. I'm gonna, I'm gonna saute you. <laughs> You're going to my belly. <laughs> You're getting table side. Mm, yum. Uh, but uh, this is the the opening boss. The, there's not much to this level. Uh, the, the these caverns. You get into like these uh, little fungus areas. There's some optional business you can do uh, with diverting waterfalls around uh, to get a powerful katana, things like that. But ultimately, this is a straight straight shot through uh, to the uh, the last boss of the area guarding the other side, uh, which is a ghost called Araman. 
Yes. Uh, I, saying that's a regular enemy in other Final Fantasies. Yeah. Um, you know, the name of. Uh, so he's very evasive. He puts doom on your party when you first come in, mm-hmm. uh, which is a countdown very similar to Petrify. Yeah. Um, just a longer countdown. Um, and uh, he likes to do immobilize and confuse again to try to route the clock. Yes. On you. Not uh, very confu- difficult. Confuse is devastating. Um, especially, uh, because your party hits really, really hard in a way that, uh, um, your armor doesn't, uh, account for really, yeah. uh, you know, if you're hitting enemies for a couple of thousand, you're going to be hitting your own party for a couple of thousand. The, um, there's an enemy. I don't remember who previous to this, who did confuse. So confuse was already part of my, my instant heal gambit mm-hmm. setup. So this did not affect me yeah. very much. Um, but it is something where if you don't have. You know, you, I can't remember what you use to get rid of confuse. It's, it's like a sand or a salad. <laughs> no, it's a sand. It is okay. like uh knee something, uh, sands. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, it's, a uh, the, the, um, um, bizarre item that you get calls it like various salts. So I think yes. it's like smelling salts actually is what, yeah. is what it is, what it's emulating. Yeah. Would make sense. But mm-hmm. I had already stocked up on those and yeah. set up my gambits for it because of, a uh, some wandering monster like two zones ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get through, uh, we don't emerge into the proper city. We emerge in the underclass, uh, old yeah. arcades. So all the poor people, uh, live very hilariously. Um, so one of the things that they do, you know, we talked about treasure in this game in old arcades where everyone is poor and starving to death. The way they communicate this is by having unopened treasure tests that only have a couple dollars in them uh-huh. everywhere. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> like, this is the poor neighborhood where there's just some money on the ground. <laughs> Why would you buy these expensive magical chests to hold yeah. four gill? It's, it's so funny. Like I just kept finding these chests. I was like, Oh, they're trying to tell me this area is poor because they're like, they're freestanding <laughs> outdoor chests. Don't have very much money in them. <laughs> it's very artificial and silly. Take uh, the chest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know why these people are not, you know, eating um, <laughs> to get to this passage above. We need to work with one of Balthier's old friends, Jules, uh, who doesn't speak. It's real weird. That's not a speaking part. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised that he's, he's just text. Um, and Balthier is on to him. You know, you're doing this for your own reasons. You're not to be trusted. Yeah. He's basically has us run these errands uh, and he's doing it to get information on us. Ultimately the biggest piece of information that Balthier is back yes. uh, in town. Yeah. Uh, I the, like this, this old, like Draclor is fine to me. Uh, but anything in the city of Arcadia's old or, or new, uh, is just errands, you know, cause we, cause we get up to the, you know, to, to the modern city with all the, you know, air cars or whatever. And the taxi won't take us along because we have to present them three pine shops. Yeah. I, this used to be worse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a Zodiac age improvement. There used to be, you had to get more of them. And they mm-hmm. were a lot, this little mini game you do was a lot more uh, complicated Yeah. here. There's uh there's something to be, again, just in a, a game design question. Like it is a virtue to break up gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not want to just be going through dungeons and fighting things. I think in Final Fantasy 12, the things that they do to break that up are uniformly pretty crappy. Yeah. They're, they're very rarely are there things that feel other than like, when they break up bad fights with good fights, mm-hmm. that's really good. <laughs> oh yeah. Then you're, you know, then you're golden baby. Yeah. That, that's great. Like that, that is legitimately good. Like you don't have to pay attention during these fights. This fight you do have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. It's a system that is made for, for good fighting. 
mm-hmm. you know, when you have to actually get engaged and when you're hands off, when they break it up with go run these errands to solve this like Zelda esque just like the torches puzzle, or mm-hmm. here are some switches you have to flip to go through a door. Just make sure you flip it. Yeah. It, it pretty irritating to me. Um, Th- and th- this, this is one- that. This one and the um the I'm Bosch von Ronsenberg, yeah. captain of Damasca. Uh, the, the, those are both annoying to me because doing anything where you're talking to people uh, mm-hmm. in town, interacting with people, uh, using the interface to like highlight and see their name and stuff, uh, that's not a good interface. And the game, as we said in the first episode, is kind of training me not to care about these people and their little lives. Yeah. And, and that one, it, it that game is very arbitrary because yeah. you want to go to greater groups of people and you want to avoid soldiers. But sometimes you'll go up to a group of three or four people and they'll just be like, "I don't give a shit." You're, you know, yeah. you're 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 a bronzered kid. Of course, you're not Bosch. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just kind of arbitrary which ones will work. Yeah. This one is all about uh, gathering morals of story and then telling people. Then, yeah. like you, you go and you talk to somebody, and they say, "Oh, I did this thing and I learned this," and then you tell that lesson to somebody else. Yeah. Um, Really easy in the Zodiac Age version does not take very long. In the original version, this was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, this allows us to get directly to Dracula Laboratory. This is, you know, you and I separate here. I find the gimmick of Dracula Laboratory really irritating. Hmm. Um, just because it's so artificial. It just feels so like why aren't there teleporter traps here? If there's no. gonna be these bulkheads that don't make any sense in these hallways that just have dead ends. Like hate dungeon design in this genre. It is like my hmm. one of my least favorite things. Yeah. They're just hallways. Um like when you first get there, it's fine. Uh, you yeah. know, the guards have all been killed. That's a cool moment. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the mist is here. It makes our mini map all distorted, you know, here, but the gimmick here is that there are red and blue bulk bulkheads. Only one can be opened at a time. Yeah. So typically like what will happen is you'll run into a red door. You cannot get through it. There'll be a little side door that you go through where you switch the bulkheads and now you can go through it. Mm-hmm. There's not puzzle content to it. And there's not, anything here other than these rooms with these identical bulkhead controls like jrpg make a space feel like a space challenge you know failure for 30 years like there's no reason for these hallways it's just weird Mm -hmm. like this bulkhead protecting a dead end that doesn't have anything in it yeah you know i there are spells there there are good spells you can get here um, you know, dependable drops from uh, from chess. Uh, in addition to uh, to weapons and stuff, going and getting those things. Uh, you know, going up and down floors on those. Uh, kind of does break down a little bit into a kind of a logic challenge. Um, a little bit, yeah. Like, knowing what what the door status is when you go to a new floor. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit to that. You have to do that for the critical path as well mm-hmm. to to get forward. But it's just not most of the time you know, four times out of five, you are just changing the thing to get access to a hallway that doesn't have anything. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Uh, it just, I, it's irritating to me as a space because laboratory, mm-hmm. I hear, you know, laboratory and I think, cool. You know, I mm-hmm. think Magitech factory or better, you yeah. know, it, it's a weird thing that happens specifically in the PS2 generation mm-hmm. of JRPGs kind of forward where when they switch to pre-rendered backgrounds, as opposed to sprites, there's a, this necessary conservation of detail mm-hmm. in it. Like the magic factory is also just hallways, you know, yeah. with some conveyor belts, but it's mostly hallways. Um, but it looks like there's more going on. Mm-hmm. This felt really featureless and sterile in a way that didn't feel like a lab yeah. uh, to me. I think this is ultimately breaking down the lines of this didn't bother me and it bothered you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this is, and it's, it's not the worst one in this game or anything. It's just very mm-hmm. emblematic of like, 
what I say when I mean I don't like dungeons in this genre. Yes. Yeah. Featureless hallways with a gimmick that is not usually a puzzle. Like this one edges into it. Not mm-hmm. particularly challenging. Yeah. Uh, it just gives you a task to do, an animation to to wait through while you go through the door and press the button to mm-hmm. switch the bulkheads. Yeah. I don't know what it adds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, when you get through here, uh, eventually we get to uh, the place where Sid's lab is. Balthier looks through his father's notes uh, and he's reminded Sid started losing his mind after visiting a specifically dense area of mist. Yes. Uh, that's where he met Venonat and started going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, noteworthy here is that uh, the area, not necessarily crawling with the guards that we that we were told to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of has a little bit of a feeling of like a less gory, you know, Metal Gear Solid hallway before the ninja. Somebody's gone yeah. through here and killed a lot of these guards while yeah. leaving just enough for us to deal with um, as we uh, as as we go around. Um, and we, when we reach the top floor, we, we, meet, we meet this person, uh, who came in ahead of us, uh, he attacks us kind of the strange looking guy. Um, but he realizes, Hey, we're, we're not, we're not Sid lackeys. Um, mm. he is a, uh, sky pirate named Redis. Yes. Uh, this game loves a deus ex dusky foreigner mm-hmm. to come, to come in that has not been established. Yeah. Like Redis is so funny. Like a funny voiced guy. Who's very, very fucking tough and cool mm-hmm. just shows up, uh, here. Uh, so as we're, we're talking to Redis, uh, Sid interrupts us and Redis is here to, to take out Sid. Yes. Um, he, he is on his own final fantasy 12. Uh, mm-hmm. he calls, uh, Sid crazy for fucking with the Nethesite. Um, he knew, knows that Nethesite is what blew up the Leviathan and leveled Nabodis, Nabodis. Uh, and, uh, so he's accused him here. Yes. And yeah. Sid, uh, recognizes his son and he's not, not happy to see that yeah. he's there, but he's happy that the princess is there because he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. um sid i think is really elevated by his performance oh yes uh i don't i think this is one of the i think between sid and balthier these are the two best voice acting jobs oh yeah uh in the game and i think that like what said sid says isn't super impressive like he's just hojo like he's just another evil scientist final fantasy villain mm-hmm. but he's elevated by his performance yeah um which is really good yeah he's you know he, he's scenery chewing without being like cackle and twist a mustache Kind of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of evil, which is, uh, which is good. Um, yeah, both him, both him and Balthier play off of each other very well. Yeah, uh, they both have that kind of. They both have a theatricality mm-hmm. uh, to them, and like a flourish that makes them seem related. Yes. Yeah. So, so hands down, the best two characters in the game, IMO. Yeah. Um, but uh, he decides to fight us. He uses Nethesite to activate his weapons. Uh, this is one of the goofiest fights in the game, at least visually, because he, he summons down. Is a Gatling gun that's twice as big as him. It's real silly. <laughs> it's, it's very Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, extremely silly. Um, you know, uh, after we we take him, you know, we fight him. As we go to fight him, Redis goes to leap on him. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, Vinat puts up a shield. He's got this, this spirit uh, over his shoulder that takes care of him. Vinat reveals itself. It's this ghost that we've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the way Vinat and the, um, and the, by extension, the other Akuria look in their kind of mm-hmm. natural manifested form. The fact that all that we see is this weird cocoon, like a geometrical cocoon kind of shape with a black cutout for the face. Uh, but all we can see is the glowing eyes. Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, moves when it's speaking in this otherworldly kind of meter. Um, uh, uh, it's a great, it's a great way to kind of portray this horse. 
uh, uh, yeah, on Vanat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see this when we get to the Acuria, but the difference uh, between Vanat, who speaks an iambic pentameter, um, you know, that, that is different than the other Acuria, which will speak in I, iambic quad, quad, te, tetrameter. Quad. Yeah. Something yeah, like tetrameter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they both, they both speak in a, in an interesting stilted way. Yes. Um, these things are, they're, they're pretty cool. Yes. The presentation of them is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has four little options. These things called rooks that buff him up. Uh, which you have to uh, to take out. Yeah. And then partway through, he puts up a paling, so he becomes immune to physical attacks for a little while. Paling is something, it means a shield, yeah. but it's a, it's a proper noun term that was way back in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Used. He has a personal one. It's usually made to, uh, to defend a city, right? Yes. Uh, and then after the fight, uh, he hops onto his little flying machine and says, oh, if you're looking for Nethysite, you can get all you want. Just go to the, uh, the ancient city of Giravagan. Um, and, uh, Balthier, it kind of takes a beat after his dad flies away. It's like, oh, Antonio, he's always doing that. Uh, yeah. but then it's like, oh, well, I guess Vanaz real after all shit. <laughs> yeah. He thought it was his dad's imaginary friend, yeah. basically like his dad's psychosis. Right. Uh, it is uh, idiot ball that the characters are like, oh, the villain told us to go somewhere. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, you know, Redis calls it out, which is good, but it's stupid that everyone in our party decides to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're entering the zone zone. Yeah. Where you start going to zones, uh, yeah. just mystical realms uh, in the game. First, we go to the the Balfon, Balfonheim port uh, here. Uh, we get a little interlude talking about the Arcadian military. It's thriving under this dictatorial rule because uh, it's the end of Act 2. Yeah. Uh, Andor's resistance is mounting ever further. That war is heating up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but at Balfenheim, this is <laughs> Red is this little uh, pirate fortress that he is the king of, you know, all these people yes. without countries who uh, gather here. He says, hey, you know, Andor came by and spoke to me saying, you know, he's, Andor was the one who put him up to infiltrating the capital uh, to steal the stone uh, for the resistance to use. Uh, saying like, hey, if we don't get this advantage, if we don't get this Nethysite, you know, to match theirs in this arms race, then we're going to go you know, inside with the Rosaria. You know, we're going to force this war. Uh, we're going to use yes. an empire against an empire. Yes. Uh, this means that destroying the Dust Shard is still the best play. You know, we have to do this. Uh, we figure Sid has a stone and he's uh, heading where he said he, his turn signal said he was going right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, he's going right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to we're going to head there. Uh, to the area where he lost his mind yeah. initially get to that city. He told us to go to um, Redis also plays the drama card, whether Ash is going to use the stone or not, you know, whether she wants power or not. Uh, she says she does want power, but she's afraid. And he says, remember uh, Nabody's, yeah. you know, uh, it's a, it's a big nuke stone. Yeah. Remember everything that's happened in the game. <laughs> remember what that does to cities and stuff. Yeah. 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 You dumb, 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 dummy, dumb. <laughs> There's a, uh, uh redis's three little weirdos who you <laughs> yeah. hear? like what is, what is up with these guys i don't know like they're uh, <laughs> you do spend a lot of time with them they didn't care enough about them to voice them but there is a yeah. lot of back and forth of these people talking about how cool redis is it, it is a real hilarious waiter brothers like just in the middle of nowhere <laughs> In, in this uh we need well, I, we need to start referencing a better i think you should leave sketch I, it is it is like arguably the worst one but it's so apt uh-huh. things are constantly doing hilarious waiter brothers just like pointless shtick to keep lips moving uh-huh you know uh i, I kept expecting they're positioned kind of like they're going to be a rosencrantz and guildenstern uh-huh 
you know, like they're going to be like commenting on what's going on yeah. here, but even your characters don't really talk to them. You go stand next to them while they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really weird. There are six people here. Funny. You said there'd be four people here. Yeah. Yeah. But Redis can handle it. Well, what Redis can't handle is what he doesn't know, <laughs> but what he doesn't know can he handle it. Like they're just going on about this bullshit. It's so weird. Um, so this is our last little town. Uh, we have to go here. We're going to keep coming back here. This is where you want to stock up. Yes. Um, there are areas around it where you can do hunts, uh, but typically everything that's going to be available in stores, all the best stuff is available here. Yeah. Uh, any better gear than you can buy here is going to be found as a result of quests or by finding it in uh, in chests and stuff. In the field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're heading to the Feywood. We're in the Realm Zone. Uh, you head south through, south through uh, Golmore and Paramina to reach the Feywood, uh, these snowy woods that are shrouded in mist. Yeah. Uh, before you get into it, we fight this boss called uh, Rafflesia. Yeah. Um, in this field that drains our MP. Yeah. Uh, throws out tons of status effects in someone's Melboros. This is kind of a, uh, a reprise of the uh, of the ancient worm fight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you take him out, uh, we get the Feywood candle which allows us to get further into this and go into this puzzle zone where you go to these little uh, pagoda, like, or these little, not pagoda. What was the word I'm looking for? Gazebo. Gazebo. Thank you. Uh, these little gazebos uh, and look for the illusion. So you turn around in the gazebo, look for the area that looks verdant and follow that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the final test is there's the big sealed gate that talks about, you know, only the power of the gigas can open this. Um, and uh, you have to summon Bellius. Uh, your yep. first Esper here, the one, you know, the one, one of the two that you're guaranteed, guaranteed to have at this point. Uh, and this opens the gates uh, to the ancient city of Garavagan. Yes. Uh, when you get here, like we are, again, we're in a realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a mystical zone um, on this abandoned shore when you first start here. Uh, and the structure of the city is a stone that stretches upwards. And we uh, start teleporting around rather than walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, we go up to this portal. We have to fight this boss that is a statue named Daedalus. Um, this uh, powerhouse, uh, it has Berserk mm-hmm. uh, on it. So it's just going to attack you and has uh, physical resistances that get better as his health goes down. Yeah. Um, tough stuff. It, it, is a, it is a non-Newtonian liquid. <laughs> it, yes. It, it yeah. puts up more resistance. Butter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, skippy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we get inside and, uh, you know, we're inside the city, uh, which is this kind of a logical space. These kind of curving pathways, uh, moving up and down around the great crystal, uh, which we see in the center, uh, kind of illuminated by all the glowing pathways around it, uh, to go forward. We need to, uh, find these little paths that are not on the map. You have to like step on the right ledge in order to make, uh, the energy bridges appear. Yes. Uh, which in practice just means humping the wall yeah like go go around the perimeter until it lets you do it um these are big long paths and typically they're just enemies at the end of nodes mm-hmm. like it's real i found it irritating uh not a major irritation but a minor irritation to try to check these for treasure yeah i knew there would be high level treasure here yeah but there's nothing that indicates critical path versus non-critical path mm-hmm. in in this which is again a genre yeah staple for this um but you go through here and collect some high level equipment as well the, the at least the treasure chest economy has gotten better yes at this point yeah. um you get to the top of the city we fight a dragon named tyrant um we're on this magic field so we can't use uh techniques 
uh, which is I'm not really using techniques. No, uh, I I cannot imagine a build that relies on them. Yeah, it's uh some of them sounded uh, neat, mm-hmm. but the ones that sounded the most neat you had to find. Yeah, you know, like they're not available in stores. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, uh, and he uses a, a a status effect called Sap, which is a big deal. Uh, Sap is like a fast draining poison mm-hmm. that is harder to cure. You have yes. to use Asuna. Yeah. Or have the, uh, the remedy, um, the remedy lore, uh, you know, basically yes. power that up using, uh, an augment on your characters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and the warp behind the, uh, the tyrant here takes us into the great crystal itself, uh, which is a visually very cool space. Uh, we're kind of tunneling through here. We don't have to see the majority of this. Um, mm-hmm. this is like a 3d maze kind of deal. There's one way you can go that takes you into the challenge portion of the dungeon, um, mm-hmm. uh, where ultimately you would fight Ultima. I think that's all. Yeah. You fight Ultima there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, that is way, way, way past end game. You're not going to be ready for that. Yes. Uh, Ash remarks, you know, uh, she says, oh, there's all this Neth site here with all that Neth site and one's grasp, you know, dot, dot, dot. And Fran says you could destroy all of evil. <laughs> uh, she, Ash constantly needs to be reminded what nukes are. Uh, <laughs> like, no, no, no. The tempting object is bad. Yes. Uh, Ash. Uh, I, I, you know. I, I understand the stove is pretty. It glows red. However, yeah. if one However, were to touch, you do not touch the stove. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are much more likely to kill a family member with a nephesite in your house <laughs> than you are an intruder. A good, yeah. a good guy with a nephesite is a fiction told by Fox news. It's really fun to go to the nephesite range, you know, and just take out a yeah. couple of Potemkin cities, yeah, a uh, couple of cities, yeah. but nobody lives there. No, not no, at all. Yeah. You don't, don't live fire nephesite. <laughs> Oh, um, but we, uh, navigate around this, uh, kind of, kind of around these paths and ultimately reach, uh, reach the top where our third Esper, uh, attacks us. This is Shem Hazai, uh, the whisperer, amazing design on this. It's like a centaur, like a mechanical centaur lady, like a centaur with a chess piece instead of a horseback. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really like half chess, half horse, half human. It's really strange. Um, her whole thing is she has rotating elemental weaknesses and she'll silence your party, uh, which I got around by punching her with swords, <laughs> you know, yep. like silence yeah. this. It's yeah. an ax. Um, so it was not super tough for my build. Right. I can imagine if I did a, a very highly magic reliant build, mm-hmm. this would be more, more tough. Yeah. Agreed. I, I just, uh, I thought I, I forgot this gimmick to her and I thought, ah, yeah, she is you know, weak to poison figuring. Okay. Yeah. She's Sagittarius. So that's a, that's not a, that's a, that's a water sign. Okay. Here we go. Cool. Because all of the espers correspond to a Zodiac sign, uh, including the oft forgotten officious. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. then, <laughs> then, then my lightning started healing her. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. yes, but alas, but, uh, but yeah, she just, you're overthought it. Cool. <laughs> the, uh, so the, we after we beat her uh, this waystone, we get her as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You can summon her. Um, she's really interesting because uh, her element is soul, right? Is that her or is that the next one you get? Uh, I think I it's forget. her. Like she yeah. she sucks out souls, mm-hmm. and then as her main attack, and then her ultimate attack depends on how many people she's done that to. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of, it was just interesting, mm-hmm. you know, not, not super efficacious, but interesting. But, re- but regardless, uh, we do end up getting uh Shem Hazai, uh, into our party, uh, and, uh, you know, use her as much as you see fit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at you beat her, we find this waystone that talks to us, says, uh, by this path and no other reach ye the round of the undying walk of the chosen. Yes. 
Um, and when this happens, uh, Ash appears on this platform floating in this white cloudy void surrounded by statues alone because uh, we're now in another zone. It's, it's realms within realms, Russian <laughs> nesting realms, uh, where the Okuria talk to her. These are the gods or these ancient spirits. They're not quite gods. They're basically, they're like Vinat. Yes. Uh, Vinat used to be one of them. Uh, well, he's yeah. still the same thing that they are, but he was one of their order uh, who defected. We're going to learn. Reminds me a lot of control mm-hmm. with the, uh, the board and the, uh, the, I can't remember the constant or whatever it's called. The thing that used to be part of the board. Oh yeah. Uh, that you run into and control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, so. the, 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 the founder. Yeah. 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 Foundry. Yes. The founder. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Foundation. Yeah. Foundation. There we go. I think, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. We, we, all, we ran out of words with the found prefix. <laughs> so it, it wasn't that impressive. We had to get to it eventually. <laughs> the foundling. Yeah. It could have been the foundling. That was the mm-hmm. last one. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, they're speaking to her and Ash is here because she is chosen. You know, she has been walking in the footsteps of the dynast King. They know that she, that she seeks power, uh, and they're going to grant it to her. Uh, all she has to do is go to, uh, this thing called the sun crest and this tower on a far shore. Um, and this is the mother of all Nethesite, uh, from which all of the power of these stones flows. Yeah. Uh, big rock. Uh, and she has to do what the Dynasty King did, which is use something called the Tree Blade to cut off shards of it. This yeah. is how you get Dawn Shards and the like. Um, this is going to allow her to become a new Dynasty Queen. Yeah. Uh, you know, once again, these are the Acuria, these things, and they're shaping history. They're basically trying to influence man. Yeah. Uh, she points out, like, how is this any different from what Vinod's doing with Vane? You know, they, they're, yeah. he's, it's one of you, uh, and they freak yeah. out. Like, immediately yeah. their tone changes yeah. and their eyes glow redder. He's a heretic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they scream at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Nethesite is ours to give uh, to chosen bearer or to none. The heretic trespassed and set the rose of knowledge in man's hand. With imitations, they profane it. It is anathema to us. Yeah. Uh, they want to pull the strings. They do not like this manufactured bullshit. Right. Uh, Rassler appears and he tells Ash to administer judgment to wipe Arcadia off the map. Basically, you know, continue uh, warmongering. Yes. Uh, and this game will answer the question whether war is good or bad. <laughs> um, the Ocuria call mankind foolish, you know, too short lived to do anything but skew history's weave. Uh, you know, you are but gnats compared to us, Ocuria. Uh, they disappear. Mm-hmm. And the party uh, walks up to Ash. They did not see any of this stuff. No. She's no. just been having a flashback. They heard the words, but they could not see the Acuria. No. And uh, nobody thinks that she should destroy Arcadia. Yeah. There are people there. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A thing about the about the Acuria, you know, we kind of glossed over the scene, but it's, you know, pretty important and pretty, pretty cool, I think, because they speak in that mm-hmm. cool in that in that fucked up meter. Uh, that isn't that is an, another thing that is entirely a product of uh, localization. localization. I forget yeah. what they did in Japan. Oh, in Japan, uh, they had them just speaking regular, you know, Japanese, except it was heavily filtered. Uh, so it was almost impossible to hear almost exactly like the board in, um, in control actually. Yeah. Uh, based on my yeah. understanding of it, but they figured, all right, well, nothing's mouth is moving. So we actually have as much time to do something that we want. What if there is a better way to make this, you know, other seem alien. Yeah. yeah. Make it seem alien. That wasn't just using a filter. And so that's why they decided, well, let's just try Let's try and write an iambic tetrameter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A localization all stars. Yes. 
in this game. Like one of, one of the better localizations uh, in terms of choices, yeah, you know, not just performance, but in terms of creative choices. Like I think that if you were to teach a class on localization, this game would be a really good text for that. Yes. Uh, in the artistry of localization, not just the craft of it. Right. You know, uh, Balthier realizes he's an idiot. Sidney was never come here. He said he was going to, uh-huh. but he didn't. His signal said, right. You know, he laid out the bait. We bit, mm-hmm. uh, um, he wants Ash to get the treaty sword and cut the stone so he could take parts of it. Yes. You know, he's just doing the villain thing. Like you go do the work for me. Yeah. Both your figures. Oh, he's beyond wanting to help the empire. He just wants to see what happens when stone goes against stone. Uh, he's wrong. And we're going to see this because we cut over to yeah. the empire. Van is trying to convince Larsa that the upcoming war is one of necessity. Uh, and it's going worse than when you said this to his dad, you know, Larsa's like, no, you, yes. you know, just you're, you're mistaken about what you think about Ash kind of, kind of thinking that Vane is talking in good faith. Uh, a, yeah. a little bit like, no, you have to just, just, she wants peace. You know, the, the person you're describing is not the person that I traveled with. Uh, so Vane says, Hey, Gabranth, uh, why don't you go <laughs> find out if Ash truly yeah. wants peace? Hey, uh, person who killed her dad, uh, go see, yeah. go see how chill she is. <laughs> yeah. Person, person, yeah. Person who killed her dad. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Lars leaves, Sid comes in, he says, Hey, the party took the bait. Uh, you know, he no longer cares about the gods and their stones. Uh, he's learned that the mother load, uh, you know, this, this mother Nethesite, and he knows the party will lead him to it. Yeah. He wants the power. Right. Uh, he doesn't want the little stones. He wants the big magic rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talks to Venat, uh, Venat respects him yeah. in vain saying like, you know, your time is near. Uh, you know, I believe in your abilities, uh, to end the rule of the Acuria. Basically, uh, you're going to do the age of dark ending. Yes. Um, and he, he want like one, something I do like about this game mm-hmm. is that Vanat, like the Acuria are just behind the scenes. Man is puny. Yeah. yeah. You know, cliche, mm-hmm. but Vanat being on man's side and that being the villainous action, I think is interesting. Yeah. And the way that you end up doing what he wanted anyway, but just in a, you know, with less corrupt intention than, than, than Vane is really yeah. interesting to me. Vanaz's relationship with Vane and Sid is really well portrayed, I think. You expect him to be a cackling Satan-type figure? No, no, it's a little bit more... respectful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's polite. Like, something that's otherworldly but still uses manners is always cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, it's a cool inversion of the cliche. Yes. So we go back to uh, Balfenheim port and because the party decides that Redis uh, probably knows something about this tower on a forest shore. Uh, They return. They find him. He's angry because he lost a lot of his ships to a very powerful Yag off of uh, Ritterana. Yes. Wait. (laughs) This is behind the scenes. We took a long pause and I talked to my vet. Uh huh. This is uh, this has been the Olympics of fucking code switching for me (laughs) of like just going into modes of making jokes about Final Fantasy 12 Uh and then hearing uh, medical news about my cat. Yeah. uh, And just rapidly switching between the two of them has been difficult. (laughs) So apologies for getting tripped up on my words. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's understandable. 
<laughs> uh, but yes, the, they, they lost, uh, they, they lost these ships. There's something going on on this coast. Uh, we share our plan saying, Hey, we're going to go. We need to, uh, shatter the sun crest, depower the day affected Nethysite. Uh, who knows what this is going to do with the manufactured stuff? Like if there's any connection there, but at the very least, this takes away the dawn shard or the dust shard rather. Yeah. yeah let's get rid of that. Uh, Basha is the other thing is that we could do what the Okaria ask. Like if we want to be evil, mm-hmm. you know, take the shards and use them to put down our Arcadia and, uh, Redis, uh, who is too pure for this world is like, no, no, no. The only good thing to do with Nathasite is put it in the trash. Yeah. That seems like a bad idea because anybody could find it. That's the thing. But, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the, the, the thought is there. Exactly. The, the, <laughs> the only good thing to do with the Nathasite is to take an ancient sword that was made to destroy it and then destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have the thing that kills the one ring. <laughs> The, the only good thing to do with the one ring isn't to throw it on the ground, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'll oh, just put it by the curb. The guys will take it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Drive it up to the dump. Yeah. Um, so Redis gives us uh, a sky stone. They stole from Draclor, which will allow us to fly through the mist. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ash asks Redis uh, why you're doing this, why you're helping us. Yeah. And he says, you know, uh, Nabudai, this uh, wasn't my my home, but I saw what happened there. Yeah. And it, it fucked me up. Mm-hmm. There's more to it that we're going to learn. Redis has a cool backstory. Yeah. Uh, but we depart. Now we can choose from the airship map to go to uh, this place called the Ritterana Cataract. Uh, really cool location. Uh, it is this island atop of a seemingly endless waterfall. Like imagine an mm-hmm. ocean, but, uh, you know, an ocean fall. Uh, neat. Yes. And uh, this lighthouse is uh, a huge square tower, like a multi-layered tower sticking out of it. Yep. Uh, Belathir starts setting himself up for a sacrifice here. He said, he tells Vaughn, you know, if I do something stupid and heroic because I'm the leading man, you get my ship. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll teach uh, you how and, to fly it, but you know how leading yep. men are. Yep. And I was like, oh yeah, Van, Vaughn wants a ship. Mm-hmm. That was his trait. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in 30 hours. <laughs> um, the, uh, so we fight another dragon at the, the foot of this tower. This is Hydro. Um, <laughs> we already fought Nitro. <laughs> we have Nitro and Lightning. Uh, ice. Uh, we fight Hydro. Uh, he does the Doom status effect. Uh, and then he has a, a skill called Firga, which drains the MP around you. Um, I, I think they're starting to rely on this trick of giving you Doom and then trying to delay you or yeah. stop you from being able to address it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. There's like a, there's an element to the combat system in Final Fantasy XII that I respect, uh, but I also think at some point does kind of show the seams and yeah. it's the modular nature of it. Mm-hmm. Like everything operates on these these status effects and buffs. Yeah, and enemies and your characters do. That's something I like mm-hmm. uh, generally, but you don't run into as often in this game. Eventually, it does happen mm-hmm. uh, in the main path of the game the weird rule breaking shit yeah. that happens. Um, I'm thinking about um, like final fantasy six, like where the end boss can do that fallen one, mm-hmm. you know, attack and everybody goes to one HP, like these things that are not known statuses. Yes. A lot of characters do known statuses mm-hmm. uh, in this, in this game. This is especially is, egregious because it feels like it's the fourth one in a row that does this trick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a thing where like, uh, and this is a common, this is again, control weird touch point for this game, but, uh, where the play is losing me in this game a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm drawn in by the, as the plot ramps up. Yeah. So like this series of disconnected realms mm-hmm. we're going to, I am way less interested in than when we're in places made by people yeah. that are not 
just a mystical realm. And it feels like we've been in the realm zone for since the woods, Mm -hmm. you know, like we just consistent realm zone, very similar bosses. Like it just kind of starts showing a little bit of age. Yeah. So it's a a double-edged sword having everything play by these rules. And it wouldn't be a final fantasy game if we didn't stop worrying about places and start worrying about realms. Yeah. You're always going to go into realms. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't know anybody who goes to bat for, you know, let's say uh Garavagan onward, but especially things happening at the Pharos. Um, Oh, yeah, I, th- I think this sucks the stars from the sky. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, one of the worst in class dungeons. Yeah. in the genre. It's uh, it, uh, it it's real. It's really something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anybody who defends it at the very least in good faith or not. You know, to be contrarian when somebody raises yeah, a point against sickos, it. Non sickos. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like a. It is conventional wisdom that this game gets bad at the end, mm-hmm. and like I don't think that's quite true because I like this stuff with. You know, it's not surprising to me. I'm disappointed with it being a moral question or a plot question, whether Ash will use the power or whatever. Mm -hmm. The way that all articulates is adventuresome and fun. Yes. And I think Sid is cool. uh, And I think that, uh, you know, that stuff's all very neat. Mm -hmm. From a gameplay perspective, though, it gets kind of crummy. It's fatiguing, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, kind of a genre thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very hard for me to think of an example of the genre that I don't get fatigued yeah. by by the end. I'm on. I'm never pumping my fist on the last disc. I'm on I'm on B10 of the Lunar Dungeon now. Yeah. Yeah. Not not super fun. Yeah. Uh, so you fight this thing. Uh, we get to the door out of this tower. It has a stone with ancient writing. Uh, this is by Wraithwall. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the watcher, the ward of the three weights, soul hungry, unsated, he without power, wanted not, he with power, trusted not, he with sight, heed it not, rend illusion, cut the true path. Yes. Uh, nice poetry uh, to say that you're going into a puzzle realm <laughs> uh, here. <laughs> and, um, and here we are. This is a gigantic tower that is cut up into three sections, each with its own little navigation gimmick. Uh, and you are going to be spending hours here. Yes. Uh, this is too big. Yes. Um, and none of the, the, the best gimmick I think is in the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of interest, the gimmicks are not super good. Yeah. This first one, uh, the idea is you have to get these black orbs to power these altars. Enemies drop them. This is uh, purely an interface thing. Yeah. But a, a weird frustration thing is that if you're playing in fast forward mode, uh, which you can do here because these enemies, non-boss enemies are still not very tough. Like my gambits basically took care of it. Yeah. So I was walking through and fast forward. The orbs are on a timer mm-hmm. that isn't adjusted based on your, your fast forward. So uh, they disappear really fast. Yeah. Additionally, if you are in regular uh, forward speed, they will appear, but they will not be interactable um, mm-hmm. for a little while after they appear. Uh, yeah, there's so, like a beat. Yeah. And then you have to wait for the message for when you pick them up. It's a minor friction. Mm-hmm. It just adds up. It does. Yeah. You know, uh, this is also something that got better in Zodiac Age. You used to need way more of these. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm really glad they, they cut this down. Yeah. I suppose they're just like, hey, go. go <laughs> the, the gimmick go of farm. this. The, the gimmick of this area is farming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the farming you've been doing, do some more. <laughs> this game is about farming. Let's tie it together the themes. Yeah. Do, do some more for this item that elsewhere uh, will sell for one gill. Yeah. yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Um, so you, you do this eventually you get through this door and we go into again, realms, realms upon realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get through these things, you enter into like little instance zones that are geography from elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. 
like I recognize these. I don't know if they are meant to evoke those things or if they are reuses. Yeah. Or I am going to a spirit version of them. But they're they're different. They're geography that you've been to before, and you fight bosses. Yes. Uh, this first one is a big stone turtle named Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Um, his gimmick is partway through the fight, he makes himself invulnerable, so it becomes like you survive. Yeah. For a portion of the fight, rather than uh, do damage. Um, not not too big of a, a deal no. uh, here. Um, the second portion, you have to destroy these uh, brain pan enemies that are here that are green. You have to find the specific green ones because they bring up parts of bridges. Yes. Uh, uh, it's not farming, but it is just roombaying up all the buttons to press, essentially. Yeah, and you have to uh, ride the flea button because if you end up getting close to a red, it's like a red version of these enemies. Yes. They're called something else. Uh, killing a red one uh, will uh, uh, make a section of the bridge leave. So you're kind of counteracting yourself yes. and you have to go spawn a new green one to undo that. Yeah. Not, not particularly inspired gameplay. Yeah. Uh, um, the second realm <laughs> we go into, or th- the, the third nested realm is uh, a giant uh, angel lizard called Slit, <laughs> <laughs> which is the name of a band uh, uh, written on a trapper king keeper. If I've ever heard yeah, of a uh, slit with a S L Y T. Yeah. If you, you fight this guy, uh, you cruise for some, <laughs> Don't say it's that. Fucking gross. <laughs> like, <bleep> it, <laughs> no, okay. no, I'm not going to bleep it. It's just it's uncouth. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is my it's my edit as well. I'll bleep what I want. Oh. Uh, <laughs> every time you say "bosh," I'm going to bleep it. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't drop those markers. Really spice of the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh they're kind of like for most of these bosses they're out of ideas here uh, until they mm. get to the end uh his big complication he just always has a really powerful regen up so you just have to you have yeah. to overtake that yep you either have to out dps it or really ride dispel yeah. which will keep it down for a time yeah uh the second ascent uh this is the reach of diamond law the way this works is that there are four stones you can activate that will disable something you can do. And then you need to remember mm-hmm. which one you did. Yeah. Uh, so you either can not use weapons, not use spells, not have a mini map or not use items mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, this is good. Like, cause this is, these are all meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the easiest one to me was items because I had spells that could, could take care of yeah. it. The idea of doing it without the meaning map. So I could not mini map. So I could not take a direct path to something. Yeah uh fucking kills me mm-hmm. because this is a big irritating maze yeah with respawning horse creatures <laughs> uh you fight um and then doing it without spells like that would be fine if it's just offensive mm-hmm. and you can make up with items but i didn't want to rejigger all of my gambits yeah i really um relied a lot on magic at this point yeah you know because mp mp is cheap because you have all those different augments that will uh that will let you recover it under different conditions no i mean it also just we didn't really talk about that in generalities but it's actually hugely important in this game uh mm-hmm. it regenerates by walking around yeah. uh, the way the gamuts in this game work it would not work if it took a resource to reheal your mp every time it's mm-hmm. the reason why the afk strategies work um yeah yeah and that your characters can do this charge move which has a chance of failure but will give them it's like a chance at using an ether basically yeah um so it, it's a renewable resource unlike items yeah you know so so getting rid of items seems to be the the better one or the mm-hmm. the optimal one to me yeah uh the uh the boss here uh this one the third of the watches is fenrir this uh big siberian tiger man literally no gimmick to it he just hits yep. real hard yep he's a big guy uh, this brings us into the third realm, the meat of destiny. 
Uh, and this has all these platforms with colored crystals with these waystones on them. You touch the stones in the right order to warp upwards. And uh, if you get this wrong, you get sent to a penalty floor <laughs> with the undead. <laughs> I didn't realize how, I didn't realize how funny the phrase penalty floor was yeah. until you read <laughs> you it out loud. Time, you the timeout zone. <laughs> um, this is uh, these undead give you disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, disease is not cured by Asuna. It's cured nope. by an item that's kind of rare. Yeah. So you want to avoid disease. Yeah. Uh, disease means you cannot be healed while you have it, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, when a character got diseased, I would kill them and re- res them to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, it was my move. Um, but typically, you want to do the right order here. Uh, when you fail the first time, you go down to the, the penalty zone, and they give you a poem that tells you the right order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final one, you have to do the thing you did uh, on the last floor you choose the one that is the whatever downside you chose on the second yes so if you took the threshold of wealth you have to know to touch the gold one yes yeah yep uh to get there and then the end one uh all of them are wrong Mm -hmm. uh there's a clear crystal that you take it's behind a illusory wall yes yeah um see illusion cut your true path yeah yep yeah uh, this brings us to an, uh, our final Esper fight, uh, Hashmal, uh, who is this lion man with huge swords. I uses earth attacks. Mm-hmm. So if you have Flotiga or a float moat, mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, get through this. And he casts that disease spell, which is, again, a big deal. Yeah. He likes to pile that up and do a ton of damage. Float nullifies him, though, uh, which yep. is which is nice. Um, this is not our final Esper because Sid, fi- Sid summons one in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah forgot about that yep. i i definitely didn't use it because it was the end of the game five baby <laughs> resolving the question at the beginning of the episode um yeah so uh you know we take this long quiet walk after we defeat, defeat hashmal at the top of the lift there a couple of conversations just about uh what are we going to do nature of power things like that uh and we get up to the uh the sun crest itself you know kind of at the top of this tower where the lamp would be in a lighthouse you know, yes. and Ash is like, I can't believe it. I can feel its power. Vaughn's like, but you're going to use the sword to destroy the sun crest. And Ash says, don't interrupt me, Vaughn. <laughs> Which I, again, would be, would be a cool moment if uh-huh. there was ever a doubt in my mind. Right. You know, like if I, if I trusted this to have a character with shade. Mm-hmm. You know, which Ash, Ash does not have. Like, Ash is not the worst character in this, but Ash is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like, has lost a lot. You know, like has a background that is interesting, but is just going to do the right thing because she's, you know, honorable good. They they they, they yeah, really yeah. ought to have shown her being a, a little bit you know, just to establish her and develop her at first as somebody who is willing to do quite, you know, morally great, something morally gray, you know, to compromise her in the past just to show that she might have yep. it in her to make the rejection it, more meaningful. 100% that I was thinking about this. I was workshopping in my head. And if I were recrafting this, I would have made her a guest that you did not have all the time. Yeah. Do not give her access to her mm-hmm. as a player character, as a player character. I know she will do the right thing. If she were an NPC, she could do the wrong thing. And then it being a final fantasy, we'd just go into another realm and fight an ultimate God. Yeah. yeah. You know, when she did the wrong thing, like she'd do a nuke and we get sucked into a thing, mm-hmm. but it would at least make all this stuff ring more true. Yeah. I think um, then you'd only have five party members mm-hmm. and two of your party members are already not worth it. So it's like, <laughs> I understand why they, they didn't do yeah, that, but no. um, it's a cool line for a different character. Yeah. But, and also just read on the page. It's just Vaughn making a good point. Her saying, don't interrupt me dipshit. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's super funny, <laughs> but it would be, it could have edge if she was yeah. an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's avoiding the question. Yes. Um. So this huge uh, mist cloud forms around the top of this tower, and Rassler's ghost appears once again, saying like, "Ah, she should take revenge. Revenge is good, right?" <laughs> uh. And then Gabranth walks out. And says, hey, Ash, do some revenge. Yeah. Accept your destiny. Do revenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take the sun, Christ, uh, You know, boy, walk in Wraithwall's paths. You know, start with me. Kill the Kingslayer. You know, he is yeah. not serving his mission. He, you know, he's not serving the the uh, the spoken, uh, you know, the mission to the word. Uh, he is fulfilling the spirit of the mission. You know, Vane wanted to send him to provoke this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Redis pops in, though, and stops Gabranth from attacking Ash, forcing her to counterattack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and says like, listen, this is what really happened in, uh, Nabodis. Um, I was a judge and I'm the one who pulled the trigger on Sid's orders to figure out what the midnight shard would do. Like I nuked this tower. Yes. Had no idea what it would do. Uh, and, and I was horrified by it. Yep. And Gabranth is like, oh shit, I know you, you're Zekt, mm-hmm. the former judge. They keep fighting, uh, while Redis, uh, Redis is giving you exposition says, Ash, you have to reach for something greater than revenge. You can't just seek that. Yeah. Like we can't do it. Yeah. You know, I exact Norka Branth, you know, we have, it's beyond us. We're too tightly bound by the chains of history in a way that you are not. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rassler pops up, his force ghost pops up and Ash realizes at this point that he's fake. Mm-hmm. The Acuria have summoned a force ghost to manipulate her, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, pretty, you know, twisted shit. Yeah. And, you know, Curia speak through his mouth saying, you know, oh, you, you just, a, you, you are a saint. You, you, you have to, you have to help us set right history. Um, and she says, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a false saint for you to use. And, you know, she puts together like the, the Damascus that I loved never used the stone. They had it at their disposal and we knew what it did, but we were not a kingdom that would do that. If I use it, my home would be forever gone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Gabranth cannot understand why someone wouldn't use power. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nothing that they can do will bring back, you know, what the answer is that nothing they can do can bring back what the emperor uh, took from them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bosch, like he loses cool. Bosch says, you know, you're still going to have things to protect even if Delmasca falls or Bosch will still have yes. things to protect. Yeah. Even if Delmasca falls, like, you know, you can't just fight for a nation or revenge. Right. Yeah, you know. it has to be something else. Uh, and this yep. gets Gabranth uh, to attack us for one of the easiest boss fights in the entire game. Yeah, really just uh, and at this point, I welcome yeah. it. I was thinking about why I didn't remember the fifth Esperance because I never paused to equip it because mm-hmm. I was like, this, we're kind of in a real greased rail. Yeah. Uh, at this point, towards the end, uh, after you take him out. Uh, he still lives, uh, you know, he's, he's disabled though. He tells Bosch, you know, you're never going to be able to clear that, that fail. You're never going to be able to clear your conscious of your failure to protect Landis. Yeah. And Sid interrupts and says like, this is bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, when you bared steel against the princess, you forswore your obligations to the emperor. You shame yourself, make a mockery of Lord Larsa's trust. Yeah. I relieve you of your duty and <laughs> blast he blasts him away. Him away. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man, uh, Balthier steps up because this is his moment. You know, this is this is his conflict against his dad, saying, "Oh, you're just you're just a tool of Vana." And Sid counters, mm-hmm. "No, I'm not a tool. You know, we're we're, we're compatriots in this. We're buddies. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're allies. Partners. You know, yeah. uh, and that is true. You know, Sid is telling the truth. He's saying, uh, you know, the Acuria they give men power as a master feeds his dog. It is meant to tame us." 
you know, how well you've resisted their while by turning your back on their stones, you give us free hand to write our own history. Like we are still by coming here and with Ash making the decision that she wanted to, you know, that, that, that she wanted to make, uh, turning down the Akuria, she is still serving Vanaz, you know, purposes, right. Yeah. To, to, to not start up a new, a new dynasty. But the difference is, uh, Ash wants to destroy the sun Christ. He doesn't want her to, 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 to do that because it is way too much magicite to just throw away. He wants to take it and study it and use it, for, uh, use it for, you know, his own purposes. Evil science. Yeah. Yeah. Vane is more about the power, you know? Um, but, uh, whereas Sid is more of a, an, more of an extremist just for this idea of what can man do with this power that was once used to control us basically. Yeah. One is, one is there for the power and the other one is there for the power. Yes. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> you know, slightly different, slightly different articulations, different shades of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's not going to destroy it. Uh, he invokes the power of the, the mega Nathosite and the mist spill forth, uh, powering the sky fortress Bahumat. Uh, Balthier calls it out like, Hey, you're just trying to become a God yourself, you know? Uh, and then in a weird, like he says, come, uh, Famron, 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 uh, Famron revel in the glory of my triumph. Uh, I had never not seen the word Famron, Famron mm-hmm. in this uh, thing before. It felt very, uh, surprising yeah. that someone's yelling out this proper noun. Oh no, it's, um, it's, it's Balthier's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I figured it out. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense at first, or it did not make sense to me at first. Mm-hmm. It felt like uh, he was summoning another being. Oh, yeah. Or something, you know? Mm-hmm. The uh, So you get another battle against Sid. Um, and this this time, partway through, he summons his effort, uh, his Esper, Famfret, mm-hmm. uh, here. And uh, while Famfret is alive, he's invincible. Yes. So he will kind of support... Uh, the the esper but you have to kill the esper first it's funny he he fights he, he fights with an esper like you do <laughs> yeah yeah yep summons it and it hangs around and does spells on you mm-hmm. uh while he's invincible you had to take it uh this is also was not very hard for me at this point no uh you know uh you take out the esper and then you can take him out um he's dying and he tells Vanat to let uh balthier and the others uh come by yeah you know with them near yeah. him yeah and Vinat doesn't care Vinat wants this wants this destroyed so you know yep. the, the cuts the ties uh so you can go ahead you know don't stop them just because i tried to uh and sid yep. while he's dying says ah how i enjoyed these six you know these past six years and Vinat says you know and I, and I believe in not you know the pleasure was all mine yeah yeah i like that inversion that these evil things are again genteel mm-hmm. um or these otherworldly things Belthier asks his dad if there's no other way, and before he fades away into the mist, Sid says, "If you're so set on running, hadn't you bet be best be off, fool of a pirate? Like, you know, if you're if you're just going to keep running from things, mm-hmm. keep doing it, boy." Yeah, and this is the path he chosen. Yep. Uh, Fran passes out because there's too much mist, and uh, tells Belthier to run with the others, uh, but Belthier will not leave her behind. Ash and Vaughn cannot power through the mist to destroy the Suncrest. But Redis can. Mm-hmm. He takes the sword and strikes the crystal uh, for Nabidus. Yes. And uh, as a judge magister and mm-hmm. explodes the crystal. Yeah. Uh, and this flash is seen all over Evil Ace. You know, it destroys the tower. Um, yep. And everybody's, you know, real sad that Redis is gone. But, like, it is it is visible. We get, we get shots of people reacting to it all across the land. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to uh, Belfomheim Port. Uh, where El Cid is waiting for us, in case you forgot about him. Uh, he's got bad news about the war. A Rosarian fifth column uh, went in with the resistance and encroached into Arcadian space, 
provoking the response. So basically the war is starting. Yes. Uh, the battlefield will be Dalmasca and Vane commands the sky fortress Bahumut, uh, which is a big deal. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a death star. Yeah. Uh, pr- pretty much exactly. Except instead of being a sphere, it's a big old tower, a uh, big old flying yes. tower kind of deal. Uh, Ash figures, Hey, I need to protect my people. We need to protect our home. We have to stop him. We need to go take out Vane himself. Um, and Alcid wishes her luck here saying, Hey, you know, you should come by Rosaria, <laughs> sample our wines mm-hmm. and our flowers and such, uh, when all yeah. of this is through. And then he Let's have a marriage of our countries and yeah. You know, and, and then he, you know, he, he exits the story. Um, and this is kind of the point where, you know, with, with the fortress bearing down, you can go and do all the optional stuff. Uh, I didn't do it this mm-hmm. time just because of, because of time's sake, but you know, the main things that you would end up doing are, uh, the hunts, including the elite hunts, hunts and yeah, hunts and espers. There's the, there's a special elite hunt club in, um, uh, uh, the Fawn coast, uh, where you get the mm-hmm. high level ones. Um, and you know, in order to get all of the espers, you do have to go down the hunts, uh, you know, killing particular ones, get you keys that will get into particular areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to get the, the, the ultimate one, um, uh, Zodiac, I believe, um, you have to, you have to do the hunts and the, uh, the key into the Hene mines, uh, to get him. And he's a little baby. He was, he, he's a little baby snake guy who the gods had to stop, make him stop growing because even as a baby, he was way too powerful. Yeah. And you can eventually, if you have somebody use mm-hmm. him on you, you can summon him in, uh, in Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh-huh. Eventually. <laughs> uh, it's kind of the, the end game stuff and going doing these things is like a sub game that powers itself, powers itself. Yes. Yeah. Like you do it so you can do more of it, mm-hmm. you know, which again, I have, I have mixed feelings about like in some level, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. On some level, you know, this game is already long enough. I don't, yeah. you know it's very uh of its time like it's, if if i had gotten into this during like if this had been come to me when i was a teen mm-hmm. i would have done it the same way i fought emerald and ruby weapon oh yeah you know uh, yeah i was just too old for that shit mm-hmm. yeah for me i was in college so i had nothing better to do during the summers so yeah yeah but this going after that high level stuff it it does have a bit of the feel of going after like a raid target in, a, in an mmo um, yeah. you know, they are long battles. They are difficult. They have, uh, tricks and gimmicks to them. It's just more than we can talk about here. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is part of doing, uh, this in two episodes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the, the Bahumut, uh, appears over Rabinostra, uh, in a dark funnel cloud and Larsa, we cut over to Larsa who's begging Vane to stop this. Yeah. But Vane is insistent, you know, this is going to be for the greater good. A display of brute force is going to put down future resistances. Yeah. I need to make an example of them so they don't rise. You know, people I put down now will not rise against me tomorrow. Yeah. And Lar- or make other people not rise against me tomorrow. Yeah. And Larsa counters, you know, then you would just be rolling over people who hate you. Uh, and yeah. Vane doesn't care. Yeah. Ah, well, nevertheless. <laughs> uh, there's a big error battle here uh, until the straw. Uh, Balthier's ship cuts in <laughs> and early on in like the first act yeah Balthier's magical v- mimicry device gets revealed for a tiny little thing i don't even think we talked about no uh it's it's very a weird Chekhov's gun because no attention is paid to it mm-hmm. but now von can use this to mimic larsa's voice uh to convince Andor to let them through to the ship yeah saying hey i'm not a captive i'm working with the princess we're going to you know stop this without a full-on battle it's going to be a decapitation yes 
we go into this dungeon. This dungeon is short mm-hmm. and it kind of weirdly overcorrects. <laughs> I think uh, these enemies are too tough. Like they're basically bosses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I ran past them. It's, they're harder than fighting. A couple of these is harder than fighting the actual bosses. Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, especially the, the, the spear ones, the round ones. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like I, it's just a, a weird, like, and that's a final fantasy final dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of trope. Like you run away from the behemoths. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're running away from behemoths here. Yeah. Uh, unless you're, you've done all the optional stuff. <laughs> um, when you get to this lift, uh, Gabranth boards it behind you. He followed you here. He, he lived. Mm-hmm. And he's holding on to his role as Judge Magister. Yeah. He's, he's broken good. He, uh, he's struggling with this. He asked Bosch, you know, how he can go on, you know, after everything that happened. And uh, he himself says that, like, it's only his hatred of his brother who abandoned him that keeps, kept him going. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the dark mirror of Bosch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this gets us another fight with Gabranth, uh, which yeah. is similar to the first one. You know, it's still three on three on one. This is more difficult, however, because he gets an ultimate attack uh, that fires pretty often, actually, uh, that just does thousands of damage to each party member. Yes. Yeah. I said he broke good. He, it's not quite yet. Not yet. Yeah. And yeah, we had to beat him up again. Mm-hmm. Um, after you do, like he keeps trying to get up. He's just driven by hatred. And Bosch walks over and is like, let this end, Noah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like your brother, man, cut this shit out. Yeah. Uh, he says he has no right to be called by that name. And Bosch says, then live and reclaim it. Like, like you still, there's still you time. still have a future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm real amenable to you still have time as a moral. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's one of my, you know, favorite morals. It's the best, most devastating line in Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. To me, this is a, a final thoughts thing. Well, I'll yeah. save it for final thoughts. We're almost at the end. Okay. Yeah. So um, you get to the top of the lift here and Vane confronts you, you know, asking if Ash is an angel of vengeance or salvation. And she says, no, yeah. I'm just a princess. I'm just myself. And I want to be yeah. free. Mm-hmm. And Vane sees this opportunity. You know, let's like teach. A learning moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it so, so says, hey, Larsa, observe well, watch and mark the suffering of one who must rule yet lacks the power. Yes. Uh, and Larsa turns on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he joins us, joins the fight against his brother. Um, He's on our team. He has something called the bravery status. No, the, the, so Vane has. Yeah, Vane has, Vain has yeah, the bravery whoops, status. Yeah. yeah, But Larsa's on our side now. Uh, Vane has this. This uh, is uh, increased your attack power. Yes. Uh, and you fight him. He is a multi-form boss, right. multi-phase boss fight. The first phase, he's just a dude, but he hits hard. Mm-hmm. And his second form, he supercharges himself with mist from manufactured nethesite and becomes a uh, horaloo warrior, <laughs> uh, becomes a big, strong, veiny man. <laughs> strong vein. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he becomes a big muscle boy. Yeah. The, a baffling design decision just visually. <clears throat> He, uh, he looks like shit. He goes uh, in, in, in a game where the mon- the bosses usually look pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's weird because this like the quote unquote, you know, TV tropes, one winged angel. Yeah. Thing uh, is good. Usually like uh, the way the Sephiroth turns into a monster is cool. The way Kafka turns into a monster is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way Vane turns into a monster is fucking laughable. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> turns into a pro wrestler. I mean, it's 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 kind of like what happens at the end of uh, uh, Deadly Premonition. <laughs> it's very similar to what happens at the end of Deadly Premonition. Yeah, uh, you know, and just I I can't take a wrestler seriously. Uh huh. 
a wrestler body. Yeah. I don't think it looks cool. Like a super big, strong man looks silly to me. Yeah. Uh, like a Cho and Nikki just shows up. Yeah. All I could, all I can think you of know? is it's always sunny talking about, uh, uh, about Hulk Hogan, skin of a hot dog, but with blonde yeah. Chinese hair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> like 100%. Uh, the the difference between him uh so now he's strong and he has these flying energy swords yeah. with him and gabranth who has taken uh bosh's words to heart gets up to join the fight to mate to protect larsa yeah that's his his mission now mm-hmm. you know uh that is what he's going to reclaim his name with. yes and he's he joins us he is a, he is a guest in this fight um against uh mm-hmm. against strong vein um you know and when you when you end up putting him down you know gabranth stabs him uh and vane you know, responds with this huge burst of energy so strong that it even tears apart gabranth's helmet kind of revealing you know it's half the judge face half his you know and he asserts himself saying even astray has his pride you know both gabranth and, and bosh have been referred to almost uh, an epithet as uh as dogs you know stray dogs looking for masters yes. Uh, Vane is about to issue this death blow and Larsa uses uh, his own Nethesite to absorb the mist here uh, to kind of, you know, possibly save his brother, stop the mist. But instead of that, strong Vane wanders outside uh, and confesses to Vinat that he failed. Yeah. You know, you have to find somebody else, another one that might realize your ambitions. Yeah. And Vinat, you know, instead of throwing him away, this is the this is the beat, you know, where a purely villainous or something purely callous would just throw him away, look for a new host, find you know, find somebody who is actually powered. Vinat understands his mission's already done, you know, this far and no further. You know, my ambitions are fulfilled beyond your knowing. The crist is sundered, the age of stones complete. From the undying ones, the world is freed. You will not tread this path alone. Together we go. Come. Vinah's going to go with him. Yeah. Like, he's going to make it a fight, but he's going to go with the person who served him. Yeah, because he's because he is humanistic. Yes. He's, he's loyal, but he's also, he does, no longer has a reason to, he got his, he got his yes. wish. You know? Uh, so as this air battle kind of rages, Vinah supercharges strong vein in a stronger vein. <laughs> who gets this big assemblage of mechanical wings, becomes something called the Undying. Uh, it's very Metal Gear Revengeance. <laughs> very tonally weird uh, visually. Yeah. Like, what's happening is good. Visually, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is actually our final boss battle. Yes. Uh, it's kind of an endurance thing. Um, He's got, uh, you, you don't see his health bar, but at various points, he puts up new barriers, which you have to um, mm-hmm. uh, deal with. Uh, and ends up kind of being a little bit of a uh, fight for survival uh, until you can continue doing damage to him. Not my favorite gimmick for a final boss. No, no. I I personally feel, and I'm not trying to convince anybody of this, at this point in the main story, Final Fantasy Twelve has for, has run out of boss gimmicks that are yeah. good. Uh, I don't think that we're getting cool <laughs> stuff <laughs> anymore in terms very of very good that it happens at the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, no, it happened yeah, before yeah. this. We had the the doom run out the clock guy mm-hmm. for a while. Like we're we're treading yeah, water. No, it, and we've been treading water for the, a while. the way you said it was. And at the final boss, it runs out of ideas. <laughs> oh, that would be a great time to run out of ideas. <laughs> no, no, it it has run out of ideas, and it remain. It's not like they saved something. Right, right. I guess is what I meant went yeah. to say. It's not like they saved something cool for mm-hmm. the end. I guess the the gimmick is there are multiple phases, but like that's not inherently interesting. Yeah. Uh, to me, you you take him down, and when he dies. The airship starts falling. Uh, it's going to land right on Robin Ostra, but Balthier and Fran uh, send the rest of the the Strahl with a plan to save yes. it. Yeah. 
uh, uh, Gabranth yeah. on the ship, you know, says, Hey, Bosh, you, you need to look after Larsa. You know, he's looking forward, you know, just kind of casting forward. If House Solidor falls, you know, if this young ruler ends up being taken advantage of or killed, an Arcadian civil war would drag Ivalice into chaos. Like, we need to maintain the status quo here or else the, the uh, consequences would be tragic. Yes. Uh, so Bosch uh, takes the radio and uses the magical mm-hmm. voice changer uh, to pose as Gabranth, saying, Vane's dead, the battle is over, the judges will sue for yeah. peace. You know, like it is time to end right. this war. Um, but Zagabrath, the jerk, is about to ram the Bahamut uh, to keep it away from this. Oh, no, no, no. This gonna, is, uh, yeah, no, the, 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 this is yeah. one who's just kind of been hanging around. Like, yeah, he was, he was committed. They got really similar fucking yeah, names, yeah. dude. <laughs> who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the guy. Uh, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of a different one. There's another one. There's, a, there's another Z one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah this guy's <laughs> fine. Sorry, Zagabrath. <laughs> let, let, let me let me see <laughs> here. I'm doing a search for double A's. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, Zagabrath. Yeah, Zagabrath. Z- yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. he has blog blog breath. Uh, no, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> pull it. Uh, but yeah, um, but but he decides like, hey, I'm going to do the sacrifice. All Arcadians, you, you know, uh, to focus fire on the uh, on the bottom. It we're going to try and blast it clear, and he is going to ram the flagship into it to try and um, you know to try and knock it clear of the city. But Balthier uh, cuts in. Uh, you know, him and Fran are down in the engine room trying to get one last burst of power out of its, out of its flight rings. So we'll um, uh, go out into the uh, into the desert. You know, and Ash is like, no, like, you've got to come to the ship. Like, we're not going to, this isn't going to, you know, you, you don't need to sacrifice yourself for this. He says, don't worry, princess. I haven't forgotten my role in this story. Uh, and you know what they say about the leading man? He never dies, uh, which I like that this is, this is him being cheeky. It's, However, I also uh, enjoy the version of my head where he's actually never seen a play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he, he said it he said the opposite earlier. <laughs> at, at some point I, I had to start thinking that Balthier is not the expert on stories that he thinks he is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, he's too cool out. to read, you know? Yeah, he he's not that kind of guy. He's he's paid more attention in shop and spent most of his time eating puss and smoking. <laughs> the uh so, like smoking uh, puss and eating cigarettes. Yeah, eating cigarettes and absolutely smoking pounds of puss. Mm-hmm. Uh so he tells Van to, to, to take off a year later in a, in a move that I'd forgotten about and just absolutely fucking gobsmacked me. Pinello is our POV character for the end, wrapping it all up uh-huh. in the most like I'm still here moment that I've ever <laughs> seen in a video game. To put it in perspective, uh, Pinello was never in my party. I never switched uh-huh. to my backup bench after like the first fourth of the game. Uh-huh. I had not seen or thought about Pinello in like 35 hours. <laughs> and just like all of a sudden she's like, Ah, yes, Larsa. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this? It's, it's hard to believe that it's been a year. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Why are you what are you doing here? <laughs> Weirdo? Uh, yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. But but she's uh, uh, she's writing this letter to Larsa, you know, who's going to be coming into town for uh, for Ash's coronation, just kind of catching him up on what's happened over the past year as things have, you know, come back to normal. Rabinaster still stands. Uh, also standing is the Sky Fortress Bahamut, which is landed in the uh, in the nearby desert, and they've actually built like a garden around it. It's like become mm-hmm. a memorial. Yeah, 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 which is, which is nice. Yeah, uh, they don't hang out with Ash very much because she's busy, but mm-hmm. uh, she does think that Ash misses Bosch, who lives in uh, it lives as Gabranth, looking yes. after Larsa. So the the twin, the twinning has reversed. 
thing yeah. in here. Um, Ash gets a package with her ring in it, you know, from from Balthier. It's a little bit of a question whether Balthier lived the crash, but this shows that he did. Yeah. You know, uh, and the straw disappeared. Uh, Vaughn was taking care of it, but it disappears in the night. Yes. And they, they find an envelope with the ring. Uh, that's how she gets it with a note. Uh, they found something more valuable, like you promised, the cache of Glabados. Glabados, uh, yes. Yeah, Glabados. That's waiting in Bervania, uh, which is a sequel hook. <laughs> like yes. Glabados is the religion in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. It's uh, and it's what uh, I guess in Revenant Wings, mm-hmm. Vaughn and Pinello go to meet them and continue to be Sky Pirates. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and that's that's Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah, a game I like. Yeah, I so I, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot on the curve. Mm-hmm. Like if I am judging this on the Japanese role playing game per curve and the Final Fantasy curve, I think it's it's ahead above like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, something that you said when you talked about the, like, there's still time thing with Gabranth. I just, I don't care about Gabranth very much. Hmm. There's something about this because he, because he doesn't get any screen time. Hmm. Like he gets six lines yeah. through the thing. You know, there's, there's something about the way that uh, this genre tells stories with these big, very grand uh, scope and epic scale and these these characters are very broad movements that mm-hmm. acts as a shield for my heart. Okay, I cannot imagine feeling a thing about Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, I can respect that's the message of it, and I think that's good. That is something I like. Mm-hmm. And there's good dialogue that happens. Like there is a poetry to the words in this game that I think is good. Yes, uh, in general, but I can't. My heart is removed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel for these characters. I don't, and which wouldn't be a problem if the game didn't kind of rely on you being swept up Yeah, in, in some of the, the emotionality. Yeah. Like I, I recently, I think I, I mentioned this. I recently went and saw a play and a there's a big, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, I, I, what do you do? TV <laughs> amateur. Uh, my, my girlfriend took me to a musical, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, it wasn't cats. She took me to see cats, but she also went, I, I went and saw something called Hades town. Hades Town is a retelling of uh, Persephone, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 all that jazz, you know, the 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 myth of uh, uh, the Greek myth. Mm-hmm. Really broad strokes, very simple message. That's over the course of like two and a half hour play, where all of the character motivations are very simple, very direct, and stated again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Like you know how it's going to end, and that's the one of the things they say in the play. It's like this is a sad story we've told it many times, but we know it. Mm-hmm. There's a mode of storytelling that I find common in musicals, anime, not all anime, some anime that I've seen, Japanese role-playing games that is mm-hmm. about these really big, broad, archetypical myth stories Yeah, that makes it almost impossible for me to relate to on an emotional level or connect to yeah. on an emotional level. I have to do too much work to put myself in the feet of these people who are doing Bosch things yeah. and Vaughn things. So when Gabranth, the, basically they have the same message that there's still more time thing, which made me cry in Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. And in Final Fantasy 12, I can say, you know, put up my Bill Clinton thumb and say, I approve of that message, Yeah, you know, but I, I have no emotion around it. Yeah. It's too abstract and big and theatrical and melodramatic. <sighs> and we don't, it's not intimate enough. The mm-hmm. character is not complicated enough. It's not, uh, we don't spend enough time with them. Yeah. 
Like it just, there's too many things holding me at arm's length to have a feeling around this. Mm -hmm. And it's a big issue, you know, a big component to the like bugbear fortress that keeps me from loving this genre anymore. Right, right. It's, you know, this might be my failing as a critic. You know, it's impossible for me not to think about Final Fantasy XII in the context of the series. Right. That, you know, mm-hmm. just I, I'm, I'm buying into it kind of on 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 its on its terms, partly because of my history with the series, you know, and this was the last Final Fantasy that I played and really enjoyed, you know, so there's kind of a yeah. bitter, a bitter. They got awful after this. There's, a, bit, bit, like, there's, a, there's yeah. a bittersweetness to it. Right. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, and, and there's also an aspect of, you know, something we talk about from to, from time to time, which is um, uh, which is. Like you, you, at a certain point, you can't keep comparing everything to the best because everything will come up short, you know? So yes. it's like, I don't know, like it, it, I, I, I would get real depressed about video games and never play another one again. If I kept holding everything up against a disco Elysium, cause that right. may be, I'm using that because it's directly the same, yes. theme. but compared to control as well, yeah. which I think had more emotional truth than this. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be the best in the business. Yeah. It just has to not feel like it's for kids. Yeah. And I know that makes me sound like a dick, <laughs> you know, and a lot of times people, you know, I also have that feeling of nostalgia when I play these when I was a kid, but like part of something I feel like I'm kind of getting to in this year is that like, maybe I don't like children's media. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like things that are made for the cheap seats, yeah. like your Sonic twos or your final fantasies. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's a little bit more sophisticated, but it still is big teen feels, big emotional swings, yeah. archetypes. It doesn't have to be Disco Elysium, but I think I need something more elevated than yes. this to get to my to to my yeah. heart. And even this being relatively elevated by the by by, by performance is not enough for you. Yeah, yeah, I still mm-hmm. like it. I I didn't hate my time with this. I was mm-hmm. surprised. Like I, it's the first time I've been like I I enjoyed playing this more than I enjoyed playing Chrono mm-hmm. Trigger you know, last year, like it's, it is a more fun game. The dialogue is sprightlier mm-hmm. uh, than that. Like there's, I don't want to understate how the, the dialogue being uh, kind of like catchy and cool turns of mm-hmm. phrase and the presentation generally being elevated makes it a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah. Uh, but the best art like will break my mm-hmm. heart, you know, or at least like, punch it a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, at least give it a little kick. And I just cannot imagine myself. I'm not, there's no judgment for people who do, because I'm sure this has, this game has had a huge emotional effect Mm -hmm. on people, even, you know, not just when they were kids, like somebody played this for the first time this year and thought it was incredibly moving. The way that these themes are portrayed in these like huge melodramas, these big grandiose stories that are about gods and magic rocks, Mm -hmm. just, I'm immune to it. Uh, it cannot hurt my heart. I'm going to bring these up not as a rebuttal to that, but just as an extension of my um, uh, what I was saying before about looking at this in the context of the series. Something that I think this mm-hmm. does well, um, you know, in the context of the series is two things. So two things that previously it had you know kind of failed at. The first is um, Glabados or not Glabados, uh Gabranth is a uh, is a really good. Uh, iteration on an expansion on the uh, the Golbez figure um, and his relationship with Gosh, okay. I think uh, kind of elevates that. You know, the you know he, he is an interesting Darth Vader, a much more interesting take on Darth Vader to me. 
Um, and the other thing is it does a better version of Zemus and Zeromus, which is Vana uh, is pr- pretty, pretty, pretty great in terms of the big alien God that is manipulating stuff because it is humanistic. 10,000% yes. on the curve. 10,000%. Yes. Like because I, I there is something there as opposed to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the end of right. final fantasy nine, you know, or as opposed mm-hmm. to X death. Or as opposed yes. to Zeromus, you know, like it's a series that is bad yeah. at this in a genre that I think is bad mm-hmm. at this. And it's cool when something is mm-hmm. better at it. But I still think in order to have a real emotional reaction, I can admire it and recognize mm-hmm. that it's better than that as a critic. It's still I hunger for a more complicated carb in terms of emotional messaging. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that we said in the, you know, the primarily mechanics focused, you know, first episode, which is like the stuff here that is, you know, necessarily, you know, substantial, but not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Like the way the ways in which the modest improvements make all of the difference in the world does stand as, you know, if not an indictment of the previous work, it stands in harsh relief and feels like it is in conversation with it yeah. saying like, hey, this is this is ultimately the extension of how far the you know, of the direction that this could go. Well, uh, yes. And, you know, it, it is not necessarily as far. I think that we, we can both agree there. One hundred percent. Like it, yeah. it ends up becoming two different questions. Like one. I appreciate this for what it did and the choices mm-hmm. it makes to transcend its history. Yeah. And then there's also the, so it, it in a field with final fantasies with final fantasy four, a game I also like, you know, mm-hmm. but I, a lot of like first exposure to that kind of melodrama and, and big kid fields, um, it in a field of final fantasies made huge strides yes. It in a field of art. Like mm-hmm. somebody who thinks of games as art, who wants games to compete on the same battlefield that like, ideally that like a brilliant TV show or movie would, mm-hmm. or a book would compete on. Yeah. Uh, it, it's still small ball. Yeah. It's still little leagues in a way that like, and it, this is not, uh, I'm self-aware enough to know that like there are biases at play like there are tv shows i like that are simple little carbs there's mm-hmm. a level of investment and time investment that makes me judge this uh a little bit more rigorously yeah because it's asking more of me yeah to get there it's like getting to you know the equivalent i play this for 42 hours it's equivalent to like four 10 episode seasons of a show yeah to not have it break my heart or do anything other than like yeah that's pretty neat in the context of what had come before mm-hmm you know, that had some good dialogue, but it was all right. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel very moved by, by the emotion to it or the characters is kind of damning. Like again, not on the curve of the, the genre it's on, but in terms of just yeah. art, you know, uh, and that's complicated by the fact that parts of this are fun to play, mm-hmm. which is a different, uh, kind of joy that yeah. you can have. And it's complicated by the fact that's my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's all these like complicating factors, but yeah. I just, I want something to excel I want either a mechanical excellence mm-hmm. or a narrative or thematic excellence. I don't want to play in the kiddie pool with this stuff yeah. uh, as much. And like, it's also a thing that I'm realizing about myself. A big discussion in the Slack about Sekiro where this came up is that relatability is important to me okay. uh, in things like being able to like feel like I felt the way that character feels. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the big emotional strokes in this about power and duty 
uh, are not things that I have had to yeah. work on. I, you know, I don't, I don't get exposed to those. I have very little power as a podcaster mm-hmm. <laughs> and my duties are nothing. Like my duties are like record three times a week with you. Uh-huh. You know, it's not a sacred duty. I don't have any strong feelings about it. You know, there, there's things about letting go of your past that are relevant. I, I really wish and that it played more in that space. I, I, I truly wish that it did. Me too. And it's, it's a weird contrast this with a, a really interesting companion piece to this, which is another one that I think is a, a stronger final fantasy is nine, which is the best parts about nine are about characters realizing their own death. Yeah. You know, and the, their, their impending mortality, the worst parts about it are these gigantic melodramatic things that nobody could ever relate to, mm-hmm. you know, and the series is defined by having both of those things. And I have gone on to find one of them just almost entirely subtractive yeah. to me. I, I wanted to spend a lot more time with characters moving on and more time individually on those stories, but you can't do that in a story about space rocks, mm-hmm. like magical rocks that are nukes. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it ends up becoming a very complicated game to me, more complicated than other, you know, more complicated than Chrono Trigger, which is like something that I like because the pace is very snappy and it's good and, and fun and looks real good and sounds real good. This is a more complicated thing to chew on. Mm-hmm. It gets closer for me, yeah, but it doesn't quite get there for me. Can, can, can I put a video essay slash think piece button on this? Yeah. For this game to be truly about your relationship with the past and whether or not you can actually sever from it, this entry in the series needed to sever itself from not just its genre, but the past of the series as a whole to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which is what's weird because that is the Final Fantasy strength, mm-hmm. right? Like the reason, you know, the two gigantic pillars of Japanese role-playing games, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, are two different design philosophies in terms of iteration or revolution. Yes. Like the appeal of Final Fantasy is that each one is different, different world, different characters and stuff like that. That's really cool from a mechanic standpoint. Like they they make hay with that mm-hmm. idea you know, reinventing their systems every time, but each one is tethered to these ideas of the past, uh, of there being a crystal, of there being these kind of character archetypes, mm-hmm. of there being a giant space fleet at the end that really hold it back. Yeah. There are priors that are just assumed to be virtuous mm-hmm. uh, and are working for them. Like it's a very popular video game series. Right, Fans right. want you this know, stuff. People I'm want just to know who the, <laughs> people want to know who the Sid is, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like who's the Golbez? Like, I'm just not a fan of this series anymore, and that is why. Yeah. Those things no longer just are inherently virtues to me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's, I, I love that we did this because it was, not only did I have fun with it, like, I like, again, I know it doesn't sound like it, I like this video game. I think it's mm-hmm. a good video game. Uh, but the other thing is that it just really was very useful in my own thinking. Yeah. About, about this stuff. You know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It'll be interesting next year. Cause we're, we're going to end up, you know, the rhythm of doing one of these in the summer is good. It has, there's like a arms race element mm-hmm. to me where I want to, like, it would be hard to do uh final fantasy, you know, eat after this, mm-hmm. which also to me has pretty shallow characters and does not deal with its themes very well. Yeah. Like I would, the first episode of that episode would be great. I would love mm-hmm. to spend a bunch of time talking about the mechanics of that game. Yep. And then just when we started having to cash in emotional beats, all those checks bounce. Yeah. You know? So 
yeah, it's just it's a, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm bummed that because of the way time works, I was not able to get to uh, get to the optional stuff because I do really enjoy that valence and expression of the systems. But so it goes. Yeah, I, li- I like that stuff, too. Yeah, like this, this at its most mechanically rigorous is cool. Mm-hmm. And all of those positive things I said during the mechanical part, you know, other than like the griping about treasure chests and stuff, which I do think are problems. But mm-hmm. like that is all real. Yes. You know, the, the upside to that and uh, the way the dialogue is delivered, the presentation, those are all real upsides. Mm-hmm. It's not fake. It's not trivial. Yeah. You know, it's just, I love to have my heart touched by art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, almost, you know, they're, they gets there closer than some games. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed. Uh, thank you very much, Nat. Uh, for yeah, uh, for executive producing this, uh, thank you, thank you, Cole, for throwing the pick on uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to make this a, a two parter. Uh, did the same thing in September. Uh, we'll see if that mm-hmm. pays off similarly. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. It, it will be a similar thing in that I love the mechanics of that game and can talk about them forever. Yes, you know, and the, the story doesn't do a lot for me, but the uh, it's not as I don't remember that trying to tug my heartstrings as much. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. Um, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash duck TV. Mm-hmm. You can get bonus episodes, including our next episode about Wario, Wario land four, mm-hmm. which slaps. Yep. Um, and, uh, you can also sponsor things like Nat did. Mm-hmm. If you are a non-white, non-dude, non-cis, uh, person who's making stuff, send me an email at Gary at duckfeed.tv and we will highlight you mm-hmm. Duckfeed highlight. Uh, I want to talk about Zakana who does video games, remo- video game reviews, uh, analyses and retrospectives on obscure indie games and retro games, hmm. uh, call the name of the channel is fond of umbrella terms. Hmm. Uh, I looked this up, uh, the really neat stuff that I had not heard of, um, you know, pretty deep polls. Okay. For this, she's doing real cool work in terms of discoverability. Nice on some of this stuff. So if you want to find a, a voice and a, uh, you know, who is looking at things that people do not often look at, mm-hmm. she's doing it. Yeah. Uh, that channel is umbrella terms. If you're looking to, uh, find this, well, there'll be a link obviously, but also mm-hmm. for rem- remembering it later, Zakana is spelled X I C A N A. Yes. That is her name. The name of the channel is umbrella terms. If you mm-hmm. just put in umbrella terms, yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll get her stuff. Yeah. So there are things here that like, you know, I've seen people talk about, like there's dropsy and, and dark side detective, mm-hmm. and then there's uh sleuth hounds and uh gender wrecked and Frankenstein through the eyes of the monster. <laughs> uh, just things I had not, uh, not heard of. Yeah. So re- really looking forward to, uh, to checking out our channel. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you, Zakana. Yeah. Thank you very much. And again, if you have something that's Gary at duckfeed.tv. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have thoughts about Final Fantasy twelve, by the time you hear this, you've got a, you know, like a like a day or so probably. Um, uh, go to duckv.tv slash contact uh, and click watch out for fireballs. Write in with your thoughts about Final Fantasy twelve or Wario Land four. Uh, if you have thoughts about multiple games, please separate them into multiple responses. Uh, the deadline for that is August the fifteenth. The deadline for September's games is September the 15th. And those games, once again, are Bug Snacks. Uh, we're doing a two-parter on Metal Gear Solid 5. 
And then we are uh, rounding out with a premium episode about Carrion. Yes. Uh, looking forward to all of that. Yeah. And uh, after that, it's a spooky, spooky month. Mm. So look forward to that. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, uh, watch out for stones. Yeah. Uh, manufacted, defacted. Mm. The only place for them is the trash. Trash defacted. <laughs> Fuck them shits. Mm.